Author Guild on NBC. Bell Hair Sally Facial, December 18, 1949. And we'll say a prayer and we'll send a song out to Patricia and get it back on. Dear Lord, thank you for our friends out there, our family. Help the families who are grieving tonight, Lord, uh, from losing all the children and the loved ones yesterday in Connecticut. Look after each one of them at this time. Bless the country as we try to make it through this very tragic moment. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Here's Patricia's favorite Christmas song. Well, my friends, just as you can be sure that Christmas falls on the 25th of December every year, so can you be sure that we're going to have Christmas songs. So while the holiday song season is in full swing, I'd like to offer my own musical salute to Santa Claus. Ring out those silver bells, Richard. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, Dressed in holiday style In the air There's a feeling of Christmas Children laughing People passing Meeting smile after smile And on every street corner You Silver bell, it's Christmas time in the city. Ringling, hear them sing. Soon it'll be Christmas day. Okay, I'm gonna go get Patricia and we'll be back.
JAWS for Windows is ready. Skype trademark 17 Walden.Hughes. Conversation. All right, family. We should be back on one pieces. That should be a good thing. It's only, it's only 18 after 12 here on the West Coast. 714. On the West Coast. 545-2071. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Walden. Hi, B. I had my snack. I did stuff. I feel good. We're ready to go until the next 12 minutes. <laughs> That's perfect timing. This is good timing. 714-545-2071. Okay. Give us a call. Our number is your number, the time of the day. If, you, if you're recording us and trying to call us, there's no guarantee you got to get Patricia if you call this number any other time of the day. Oh, that's true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. I do not pick up that number. No. Uh, no. I got an email from Ray. Hi, Ray. I hope you're still listening. Hey, but Ray. It was from about 1 o'clock. Um, you're so sweet. He's such a nice person. Um, what I have failed to do for the entire night is to ask people other than Bob, <laughs> <laughs> would you please... Would you please vote for a show? Bob is the only one I asked, and he voted for Inner Sanctum. We've got, coming up on Bill's schedule, a half-hour slot each weeknight at 10 o'clock, 10 to 10.30, and Bill wants to fill it with five different programs that will run for three months. So if he, if we get Gunsmoke, for example, we will have, uh, for three months, another episode of Gunsmoke every two weeks as the rotation goes through, and then probably in three months he will change it again. But we have to come up with five different shows, Monday through Friday, and let him know what everyone has voted for. But you cannot vote unless I ask you what is your vote for. We've been taking nominations for a couple of weeks. Should I go through the list? Let's go, go through, through the list. list. You bet. I will go through the list. These are the candidates, and we're we're going to knock it down to a short list, and when we wind up with five that people like, we will give them to Bill. Okay. Suspense, Radio City Playhouse, Fibber McGee and Molly, Philip Marlowe, Ozzie and Harriet, Inner Sanctum, Gunsmoke, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy, Red Skelton, Six Shooter, Vic and Sade, Life with Luigi, Family Theater, Mercury Theater, and an awful show at least once a week. Darn, I like those shows. So, please give us a call with your vote. Which do you think should make the shortlist? Which of those shows should make the shortlist? We've got three votes for Gunsmoke. Actually, um, we've got a nomination plus three votes. Mm -hmm. No, that's not right. Well, this is, the second, this is the I'm second. I'm reading my list. No. Yeah, this is the second round. Fred nominated now. it, mm -hmm. and Nolan and Jerry also cast votes for it. So there are a total of three votes on that one. Inner Sanctum. <laughs> I just realized. Yeah. Bob nominated Inner Sanctum, and he voted for it. <laughs> Bob, that's good. Yeah. I'll tell you, yeah. you must be great around a ballot box. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> This is fun. So we need votes for any of these. And I will read the list when you call in, and I'll ask you, only if you need the list, I'll ask you to cast a vote. Which show do you think merits its own slot on one night of the week? All right. Did I say that right? You did. 
Oh, okay. Now, before we go to... Oh, 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 I have got a British comedy that I happened onto in my files, one that I have listened to before. I listened to it again. And by the way, listening, I laughed all over again at that show. Well, that's good, boo-boo. The Phil Harris and Alice Faye show, when yeah. they get lost in the woods yeah. and Elliot, Elliot's get, clothes are smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I just pulled a fancy runway. What did you do? I had too many clothes on. I, I was so cold, I put a... Sw- a big over over sweater over my sweatshirt to warm up, and then I had yeah. just, and then I had to go undress. Just. You have you have been toasted. Uh huh. So I had to you take the big old to- the old big old you sweater have, off. You have been toasted. That's right. Well, Renly, this was before he turned into Elliot on here. Mm-hmm. I thought it was late enough that it would have gone, but it, no, of course not. It was 1952 when they switched over. Yep. Um, Renly got all dressed up, of course. I thought. I would lose it. I did lose it. When his clothes started smoking, he said, I have to open the damper. <laughs> I heard, I, when I heard, when I heard, I heard somebody hit the table. You, you heard, if you listen to the recording quote, you hear a little thud, like somebody lost it and hit, put the, hit something. You know, like, Oh my gosh, when you hit the table, oh my gosh, yeah. that was a good one. Yeah. I did not hear that. I was too busy laughing myself. <laughs> I was I picking up on the ambiance. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm toasty. <laughs> I'm all warm here. <laughs> They're on their last legs in the middle of a snowstorm, and he's toasting sufficiently that his pants get on fire. And just and I loved Julius in there. Oh, and Where's yeah. your Chuck? Over there. Where are the keys? In my pocket. Well, let me have them. You're not going to drive the truck. Because they're in my pocket, and I'm not going to give them to you. Good old Walter Tesley. Gosh, he was good. Oh, that show was so well written. Hello there. You're on air. Good morning, Walden. morning, Patricia. Uh, it's Louie in Bangor, Maine. How are you doing? Louie, oh, how hi, are you? Louis. It's good to talk to you. How are you? I'm okay. I'm a little sleepy at the moment, but I wanted to call and thank you for the package, which I received uh, about two weeks ago. Oh, you are um, very welcome. I'm sorry you had to wait so long, but I'm glad they got there. No, it was, it was really good. Uh, I was very uh, pleased with the uh, extra Christmas CD, the music. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. You put in there. It's a great selection. And um, and I, I do want to cast a vote for the awful shows. All right. That makes it. Makes you it got some awful shows, eh? Okay. <laughs> yeah, you did listen to them, didn't you? Yeah, when I got those, I went through... In one sitting while I was doing some other work, I listened to 25 of the single shows. Oh, my gosh. So they are priceless. I, I felt like I died, dove headlong into a uh, sewage treatment plant. I mean, <laughs> especially Jack Webb. I mean, I, I felt such pity for the guy. Um, it was really bad. Um, it was. I guess it... I used to do a little oil painting, and uh-huh. people used to tell me the only way you get to be good at oil painting is by doing a lot of bad paintings. And I guess that's how Jack Webb got good at radio. <laughs> I guess. Bad paintings. I don't know. Well, then how long was that comedy on, the Jack Webb oh, show? Oh, I think probably a year. I think it was strictly local in San Francisco. Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I think I... Went on, I found a really good bio on Jack Webb here on the internet a few weeks ago. No, this bio was a week ago. 
and I really didn't get, realize. I thought he did some radio before the Second World War, but no, pretty much all his radio was after the Second World War, and but a lot of early stuff was all up in San Francisco. And, okay. and I think he just, you know, his true love, he really would have been happy just been a dick jockey playing jazz music. That, that was his thing. And, uh, he was, yeah, that would have been Jack. He was just happy yeah. doing that. And I think, yeah. I think, uh, but it looked like it was trial and error. He t- took on uh, all these other projects. And uh, I think the comedy was probably a matter of survival. Although, Louis, maybe you can tell me if this struck you the same way. It sounded to me like he was having a good time on that show. And it yeah. was so it was so out of character for him and his voice that it sounded like a disaster. When actually, if we hadn't known him in Dragnet, maybe it wouldn't have been quite so bad. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah, I, I, that's something else I wanted to talk about. Um, a few months ago, I downloaded, I think from archive.org, the old Fibber McGee and Molly TV show from 1959. Mm-hmm. Yep. And a bunch of the Blondie shows at the same time. And I watched them at the same time. And I just forgot why I brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> We're having that kind of a show tonight. It's okay. It'll come. Well, that's, oh. well of course. I, the, I said about Jack Webb that we knew him in other roles and then went backward to hear him. In, yeah, in yeah, if we that, hadn't, that's yeah. what I was going to say. The, the Fibber Mickey and Molly thing. If you looked at it purely as a 1950s silly, stupid sitcom, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But because they put the name Fibber, McGee, and Molly on it, it stunk because it was nothing like the radio show. Ah, perfect. Yes, great analogy. Well, you know, you know how you know Wilbur Warman felt the same way about the Great Gilsley TV show. He said the problem with the Great Gilsley TV show, he they got a director who never listened to the radio show. Yeah. Oh my! And gosh. so he thought it was a complete disaster the year that they yeah. did the Great Gillespie TV show. It's funny. Waterman's face is one of the first faces I recall seeing on television when I was a toddler. Mm. Lord Waterman and Penny Singleton, these two faces. Yep. Just staring out at the TV at me. I have a question. Um, it's kind of a trivia question. There was one character actor, a, a very beloved radio character actor who was in both that Fibber McGee and Molly series and uh, uh, what was the other one? <laughs> the other thing, yeah. Okay. Well, Louis, it's three in the morning. What can I Fibber say? Fibber McGee and Molly and Blondie. He was, he was oh. in both of these shows. You talk- I'll just say who it is. Are you talking about the radio? Who's that? Are you talking about the radio part? Radio or TV? Oh, the, the TV show. Oh. It, it just really surprised me. Harold Perry. Yes. He was Mirror Trivia. Yeah. On uh, the Fermi and Maui show. Yeah. And that's no, right. Harold, he, he Harold was, Perry. No, it was Gail Gordon who was Mayor Trivia. But on the TV show. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You followed it with radio, and yeah. I thought that's what you were referring to. Go no. ahead. I'm but sorry. on the TV show, he played the mayor. Can you believe that? The great girls, we yeah. played the mayor of the trivia on the Phil McGee and Molly show. And I forgot, I don't remember what he played in Blondie. What, did you figure that? Herb, Herb Woodley, the next door neighbor. Uh, what I re- remember seeing Hal Perry the first time 
as a kid with the Bernie Bunch TV show where the kids are trying to get, save enough money to buy their parents a anniversary gift and the two youngsters are going down to the bank and there's Hal Perry at the banker, you know, trying to help help finance their project for him. Yeah. You know. He got right. around. Certain faces stick with you. I actually <clears throat> don't care for the Gildersleeves with Willard Waterman in the in the, the uh, radio role. Um, but he, as far as I'm concerned, on television, he was Gildersleeve. And uh, yeah, he just I was he sat down with Spurback and he just felt the problem was the director didn't never listen to one episode. And all he made goes with a with a skirt chaser, and he said he missed the he missed the point. He was not he was uh, he was supposed to be an eligible bachelor, yeah. not a wolf. Right, yeah. right, right. And he was just very unhappy how that all turned out. You know. Well, I can take that. You know, visually, I think Willard Waterman was a better actor to look at in this kind of a role than Hal Perry. What do you think, Louie? Yeah, I agree. He's tall and distinguished looking. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. You know, for the longest, for for the longest time, I didn't even realize. Delivery and everything. He was uh, not a matinee idol type. But no. if you think about it, if you look at their careers, mm-hmm. after the great girls, how Perry, that was the height of his career. If you think about yeah. it, after that, kind of. everything sort of went downhill for him. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And with World of Woman, well, he became the, one of the co-stars on the Broadway show Maine. He, he had a still he had quite a luxury career. Yes, yes. Do, you think it was, do you think it was an attitude? Did Willard Waterman, I don't want to say humble, but more accepting and willing to be flexible, and Hal Perry was more rigid and demanding? Well, I just wonder if Wilder, as you guys pointed out, because I met Wilder Wong, he was a tall man, and I think he, the profile, and he was a gentle soul. Um, and I, I and I think he, if you listen to him, basically he was a good actor. If you ever listen to uh, the first Nighter show, the one that, you know, the, um, you know, the, the Christmas show, and how well he played that role. So you know he can handle a dramatic role, and I can't. Or I he can't, was flexible. Yeah, I just don't think you. I can never think of uh, Hal Perry as a dramatic role. But no, by then, no. they, I, they, and, you know, they did all sorts of parts together in, in Chicago before they both hit a role. But you're yeah. right, flexibility was probably a bigger thing in Waterman favor. Patricia probably right. Yeah, flexibility and ability. If he had, if he was was able to cross over into so many genres, Hal Perry was pretty much stuck in comedy. Mm-hmm. And there's a limit to the comedic roles. I think a limit to the comedic roles that a distinctive voice can have. Yes. Well, is it also because Hal Perry made his character bigger than life? Now, you know, if you think about it, the way how Perry played Gildersleeve was a little more bigger in life personality than the way Wilder played it. Yeah. Wilder had more of a common touch to the to the role. That's just another he had thought. A warmth, yeah, he, he had a little bit, uh, a, a touch of family warmth that I don't think Hal Perry was strong at. 
It wasn't that he was cold and he wasn't divorced from the family or anything, but he didn't have the really touching experiences that Willard Waterman had, for example, with Leroy. Mm-hmm. And Leroy had a dog and he had to sell Christmas trees. And, it, you know, all of the things that Leroy got into, Willard Waterman was there as, as an uncle. He was, he was there for him. And he helped him sell the Christmas trees and he went to school and he was in trouble. But he didn't. He didn't bluster about it, whereas I think Hal Perry's character would have blustered. Yeah. Now, that I, said... I my only objection to Waterman in the role is the fact that I, I constantly hear him imitating Hal Perry as far as the, the vocal intonation. And they both had that problem back in Chicago in the 1930s. They, when they realized they were on the same radio show, because their voices were so similar in reflection, they got together on every show. And I said, okay, which one's going to play this role high? Which one's going to play it? Because they both knew each other internally that they had so much of the same vocal range and speech pattern that they knew that personally, that they, when they worked together, they had to separate each other. Uh, they arranged it. Now, there's, this is interesting because you said you like Hal Perry, Hal Perry's performance better than what was Willard Waterman's performance. I went forever without realizing that there were two different actors who played that role. So I was really appreciative that there wasn't an intrusion or an interruption in the character, that they sounded so similar that I didn't have to go through any adjustment. And I could hop back and forth in various years and listen to different shows without feeling like I had to change my ears. Uh-huh. Excellent. So, now you, you've got a whole different perspective on it, and you appreciate Hal Perry's performances more than Willard Waterman's. And you're not alone. I'm, I just popped along and said, oh, this is really, I did not know there were two of them. Walden, I'm so embarrassed. I should be fine. No, no, you are you are definitely in the majority. Because that's generally, as, as you look through the history book, that's always been true with Gildersleeve and also Raymond and Inner Sanctum. Most people have been had a harder time to separate Raymond Edward Johnson and Paul McGrath at the host of Inner Sanctum. Uh, so, you're right. Uh, I only know Raymond Edward Johnson. I don't even know the other guy. And I bet, and I bet you, Louis, if you listen, the most serious sanctum you had would probably with Paul McGrath. Yeah. You know, you'll probably say, I didn't realize that was a separate person. But the, the voices are so similar, it's really hard to pick it up. Oh, my gosh. Your ears are a lot more sensitive than the average bear, and if you didn't pick it up, nobody will. Well... <laughs> So, Louis, okay. what's, what's going on with you, Louis? Any, any current projects you're working on? What, what's going on up there in, in Maine? Uh, nothing in Maine, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm working with a guy uh, a little bit. on. Uh, he's been doing a blog on Vic and Sade, which is a continuation of the work that was done by Barbara Schwartz and by me and my pals back 10 years ago, and he has taken this project way beyond where I expected it could go. And he's only been a fan of the show for 18 months. Wow. Oh, my. He's really into and it. How did he... Oh, God. about to unveil a new website um, on January 1st uh, with all kinds of sound clips and even video. I sent him some video that he received yesterday, and he's already got some of it up. 
Um, it's, it's a complicated URL address, but if you Google Crazy World of Vic and Sade, it'll take you right to his blog. <laughs> And there's so much in there; it'll take a good 30 seconds for the thing to load. Are you gonna? Are they gonna? Are you guys gonna run part of the um the pilot that from Chicago, the TV pilot? The TV pilot. Yeah, there was a TV. They did. They shot a TV pilot of Vic and Sade with the radio cast in Chicago. Oh yeah, there's a couple episodes out there. There's one from '55 uh -huh. where Art Van Harvey wasn't playing Vic, and they had a full set. Hmm. And then there's the one from 57, there, there were two actually from 57 where they're just sitting in slingback chairs reading the script on camera. Right. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to put those up because there is a website with the, that has those up already. Okay. And the guy who owns that website is really proprietary about everything. Uh. If he doesn't own it, he claims he does. Uh-huh. And he's just we know kind somebody of unpleasant like to deal with, so we kind of ignore him. Got it. And we're trying to cover everything about Vic and Say that he hasn't covered. And uh, this guy, his name is James Mason. He's going into such detail. Um, it's, it's the kind of detail that I dreamed of doing. Like <laughs> one of Paul Reimer, who wrote Vic and Say, one of his favorite metaphors was... Uh, you could say anything, uh, any emotion as a, or, or any adjective as a horse, like crazy as a horse, mm -hmm. rapid as a horse, confused as a horse. And back 10 years ago, me and a couple people on the internet were trying to document all these, and we literally burned out on the project. It just got to be too much. And this guy has already done so much more than we did. Um, he's, he's working on this thing like 24 hours a day. And I'm just feeding him stuff from the Friends of Vic and Sade and uh, my own thoughts and observations and uh, some video that, that uh, wasn't generally available. Um, uh, yesterday what, I, what he received was... Uh, a two-hour memorial the Writers Guild did when Bill Idelson died. Wow. Uh, it included, it, it was hosted by Carl Reiner, mm -hmm. and it included two of the last appearances by Ray Bradbury and Norman Corwin. Mm. Corwin was 98 years old. He was able to get up to the podium with a little bit of help. Yeah. And Bradbury was so ill at the time, all they could do was turn his wheelchair around so he could address the crowd. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, how sad. Yeah, but it was a great tribute to um, Idelson. It really, it, it went so far beyond Vic and Say. It went into his TV writing and producing, and the, the, the place was just packed with people, probably... A thousand people were in the audience, including people like Janet Waldo, and yeah. uh, I think it was Norman Corwin actually acknowledged that she was there. And uh, it's a two-hour tribute, and he's going to be putting this up on uh, uh, YouTube and linking it from his blog. Crazy World of Vic and Sade. It's a, anybody who has the, the vaguest interest in Vic and Sade, go there. He's, he's got full scripts that he's transcribed. Uh, it, it's, it's amazing. Just, just, I can't say enough about what he has done. Wow. And, uh, and he is going to be unveiling something he promises to be very special 
on January 1st. So I have a to. question. That's about all that uh, is new here. I have a cat on my lap. <laughs> it's it's very cat? warm in here tonight. We we finally got our heating situation straightened out. Two weeks ago, our furnace died. It was nine degrees outside. <laughs> on, I woke up on Saturday morning. My apartment was fifty-four because the furnace had died overnight. Oh my! And it, it's a furnace that was installed in August. Oh my! And it did not get used until October. And it turned it just turned out that some kind of a float mechanism within the older part of the furnace we, we converted from gas to oil. I'm sorry, uh-huh. from oil to gas. And so the main part of the furnace was not replaced. There was some kind of a float in there that seized up was not allowing water cooling to go to the furnace, and it set mm-hmm. off all the smoke alarms in the basement and the first floor. I'm up on the second floor. So my landlord woke up at 1 o'clock in the morning to all these smoke alarms, and the heating people came out right away. We're here for 12 hours, couldn't do anything about it, and we were without a furnace at all for four days. <gasps> oh, my. Oh, I'm it's getting shivers just thinking about him it. so far about $7,000 to completely replace the furnace now. And, uh, but, and, and then we got the, the new furnace installed. Everything was great. It was installed by a guy that we used to go to church with. And uh, sometime this past week, I called him up and I said, you know, it's awful chilly up here. And he said, yeah, they discovered there's some kind of a control that should have gone on the furnace, which didn't go on it. So they've got that on order. And as soon as they get that, everything should be straightened out. And right now I'm sitting here at 68 degrees in the room and uh, it's nine degrees outside. So wow. that, that's that's different. And uh, it's awful good to have a cat when you have no furnace. <laughs> I was just going to say, and you've got a kitty on your lap. Who could ask for more? What's your cat's yeah. name? Her name What's is Daisy. Name? She's say been that again, with me please? for five years now. Um, I had to have my previous cat. I was not a cat person at all till 1998. I had a stray come by my apartment and adopted me. We were together for 10 years, and I had to have her put down Aww. the day before Christmas five mm. years ago. Wow. And after a month of being without a cat, I had to go get one. And I got Daisy here. She's purring her head off now. <laughs> and she, the only time she gets on my lap is when I'm on the phone. Well, she knows you can't go anywhere. Yeah, I guess so. She's a smart kitty. Oh, she's very smart. She's just the greatest companion. Um, much preferable to a wife. <laughs> Well, I think she's on the, more I'm on than the my other side. Would have. So anyway, I, I don't want to keep you all night. Um, I'm babbling because I'm tired and it's, it's late. <laughs> well, it's fun. I have a question for you. I wrote okay, down. I'll, I'll try to answer it. <laughs> oh well. Besides that, I'm, we're going to get to that in a minute. I have a Vic and Sade question. Okay. Uh, first, and I will go look for this particular site. My question is if. He wants people to visit this site. Why did he make an address so difficult? I don't know. 
I, well, you know what it is, I think, is this other guy has, like, four uh, domains. He's got vicinsay.net, vicinsay.com, paulreimer.net. Um, I think he ate up all the, uh, the easy-to-remember titles. And actually, what my friend Jim is doing is a blog, which is partially hosted by the old-time radio researchers. So I, I think it has something to do with where the blog is located. And I don't know if that's going to change after the first, because um, he's not divulging everything that he has planned. Yeah. Well, Vic and Fade OTR is available. Pardon me? Vic and Fade OTR dot com is available. Yeah. Um, I'll have to suggest that. So there there might be a couple up there, but that's the first one I tried and it came up that there is no domain, so it's available. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's especially in the early stages when he's put in so much work. Gosh, I would hate to think that people haven't found him because it's got a strange address. Yeah. I, I've been finding him in, in, uh, in Google results when I'm not looking for him. Uh, the, ex the extent of his work, is, it's become so web-like that almost anywhere you go related to Vic and Save, when you're googling something, it'll, mm -hmm. his his stuff will pop up now, and it's only been that way for a few months. Well, let's see. Remarkable, <laughs> remarkable work he's done. Just I can't say enough good about him. You know, a, a fun thing I'm finding, and like we three probably agree, the next year, last couple of years or so, when I put in search in Google, I'm starting to come across old newspaper articles, and I am I'm so thankful that a lot of the old newspaper archives are starting to put things online so you can read, you know, more information, more uh, more background information on different people or different shows or whatever. It's getting to be more and more, you know, a new door is being opened that way. Yes, absolutely. You know? Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I feel very blessed to, to have been born when I was and, you know... <laughs> I, I grew up in the 50s yeah. and early 60s, and then the Beatles hit, and then the hippies came, and I was a hippie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and then we we came uh, to the the uh, internet age and instant communication. And here I am sitting holding a little piece of plastic in my hand, talking <laughs> to somebody in California, <laughs> Florida. With a cat. No. With a cat. With a cat. Yes, with a cat, and you don't even need her tail for radar. This is good. Well, I am just so happy that you mentioned the crazy world of Vic and Faye because Ray in Chicago, who's in our family, absolutely loves Vic and Faye. I mean, he's like a, on, on a political campaign when he calls me down. you got to listen to Vic and Faye, just a couple yeah. more. You just listen to it for a while and everything. But he just loves that show, so I will make sure that I mention it to him when he calls in. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be trying to contact some people I, I was in, I was kind of working with or hanging out online with mm -hmm. 10 years ago to see if their email addresses are still valid and if they're still interested and they can say it and, uh, and point them toward, toward Jim's work because it's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's good. That's really good. Okay, are you in the market for a question? Before you go, I don't want you to go without a question. I'll take it. I, I'll <laughs> I'm ready to fall on my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can fall together. Um, let me think. Do you? Would you like a Christmas question or or an old time radio question? I'll try Christmas. All right. Who was the comedian who made an annual ritual of buying cheap gifts? Oh, it's Jack Benny. All right. Right. I, I can I, do that. I heard the wallet show last night. <laughs> Did you really? Yes. Oh, gosh. That that was good. They were all good. I, I Patricia asked me. <laughs> I think Patricia yeah. asked me last week what were some of my favorite Jack Benny shopping shows, and I had to put that on in my in my upper part of my list. With, you know, uh, you know, one one of the better Christmas shows of the, of the Jack Benny run. They yeah. they were all. I liked the shoelaces when shoelaces he didn't know great. whether he should get tips or no tips or yeah. metal. T I don't know what it was, but he, yeah. it, it was the tips that it was plastic or metal. Oh, that's what. It, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, you're good, Walter. Plastic or metal. Yes. Plastic the first one, the, the first one I heard when I first got <clears throat> eight track tapes. That's way, that's way back, way there. back there, with the Gopher Trap. That was the first one I oh heard. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that I was loved good. Mel Blank. Um, I, I was fortunate to see him uh, do a live lecture about thirty years ago. Mm. Oh wow! My former college. Uh, Somebody I was working with called me up and told me that at my former college, Mel Blanc was going to be there. And I was there like a shot. It cost me about $3. <laughs> and the place was packed. And he came out, and he, could, he was so little that he could barely see over the podium. So he stood next to it for most of the night. <laughs> and mostly what it was was him telling stories about working with Jack Benny and Burns and Allen and doing his cartoon voices while they would put up slides of the different characters. Oh my goodness, so, what a rich... Up comes uh, Bugs Bunny and he would do Bugs' voice and Daffy Duck and Porky Pig. But I gotta tell you, when he did Yosemite Sam, the walls of that building shook. <laughs> Literally. He, he had a really powerful voice. Wow. I and think he I heard like something such a about, meek person. Uh, I think it was that interview you guys did with Noel Blank. Yep. The one a couple of weeks ago, right? Where they talked about his vocal cords being one of a million. They, yeah. it, it, I think the the doctor, his throat doctor said he had a. I'm trying to think an eight range octave or some eight uh, octave range. Eight he said. octave range. Yeah. yeah. And his his muscles in the building in his throat were so well developed. Yeah. It was amazing. This unassuming little man comes out, and all of a sudden, yeah. the entire history <laughs> of cartoons is up on stage with him. And uh, just a, a great little presentation for $3. Oh, man. It sounds like you got the entire Magilla plus the bathtub. My goodness. Yeah. That was cool. <laughs> all right. What, what would you like? I've lost... I hope I didn't lose it permanently. My second file of awful shows. I had a computer that was very hungry and it ate some of my files. That sounds like uh, the dog ate my homework, <laughs> but it was really true. So what would you like? Um, I, I kind of like Fort Laramie. If you have oh, that wow. Handy. I do. Okay, Fort great. Laramie uh, it is. Fine. You could just 
upload it to SendSpace or someplace, and I'll go get it. You don't have to send me discs. I would be happy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Happy that's to how have you, those. That's I, how you got the awful shows. I, I realized I, I tend to concentrate on comedies because that's what I like the best, but uh, I do enjoy the westerns. And in the past year, I got hold of the Frontier Gentleman and really enjoyed that. Isn't that something? And uh, I've I've been listening to Fort Laramie on streams for a while, and I uh-huh. like that too. It's a good show. Great show, Walton. There weren't a whole lot of Fort Laramie. Nope, how, no, no. I many think were there? about thirty, 40? about forty-one, thirty-eight, something like that. Something in there, yeah. You know, um, and that's about what I have. Um, how about Paladin? Have gone will travel. Oh yeah, it's another good one. Sure. You don't have that one. No, I don't have that either. I think I can help. <laughs> I've got most of the uh, comedies and and detectives, and you know, it's like uh, you, you think you never want to hear anything else. And then within the past year, I discovered Family Theater. Mm-hmm. The series that was. Yep. And then then I started getting more deeply into the westerns because. I love Jimmy Stewart yeah. and Six Shooter and Gunsmoke. That was an acquired taste for me, but I, I enjoy them. They're all such high quality the shows. Only, only type of westerns I don't like is where the, the hero has too deep a voice, like the Lone like Ranger. Like the Lone Ranger and Sergeant Preston. Yeah, the Lone Ranger. Talking right out here because he's tough, you know. Yeah. You know, they... It, it just rubs me the wrong way, right, Daisy? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting that you said that. I asked Nolan Kenner one night, and he didn't know. I thought if anybody knew, it would be Nolan. The um, Bruce Beamer and who else, Walden? Help me. Um, uh, who sounded like Bruce Beamer? Uh, um, well, in, in the green, in the uh, no, in, in no, in um, the Lone Ranger. Oh, oh well, Earl, Earl Grouser. Uh, okay, Earl yeah. Grouser and Bruce Beamer. Beamer. Yeah, they had this really deep voice, and it almost has an echo. You know, it's it's like talking in a cave. That it's it's just so powerful. My thinking is that they were very heavy smokers. And uh, when you get somebody who's a very heavy smoker, the lungs tend to expand because the little air pockets break down and the lungs get yeah. larger and larger trying to get air. And you sometimes get that kind of an echoey, deep, rich boom in the voices. So my bet was that they were both heavy smokers. Or because or because uh, Trindle had tight, tight control of that show, maybe he wanted an authoritative big voice as his reading profile. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure he did. Yeah. But I'm also confident that that was a natural voice for them. Uh-huh. I don't, I, I can't, I listened and listened to see if any of it was part of their acting, and it has always sounded like this, the, there was no struggle at all. It was just a very natural um, delivery. So they were either somewhere in the top one of the acting profession. I don't know if you ever heard the interview that um, Frank did with Walter O'Keefe. No. Walter O'Keefe with the comedian uh, mm-hmm. who had a double nothing quick show for eight years. Well, one time, if you, you might have heard this one, Brace Beamer was a guest on the Bing Crosby radio show. Well, they figured they had a problem because they didn't think 
uh, <laughs> Brace had any comedic ability. Yeah. So they hired Walter to be in there to help him in the show. So anytime there would be a comedic uh, punchline, uh, it was O'Keefe's job to goose Brace Beamer to get it, make sure his timing was correct on the, on that show. So if you ever listen to the Bing Crosby show with the Lone Ranger again, now you can yeah. imagine how that would pull off. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Well, there are a couple of others, and I'm going to come across them periodically in my travels, but there are a couple of other male actors who have that same kind of I'm talking in a cave quality to their voices, but no one didn't know if they were smokers, so well, I don't did, know. Did, 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 William, did William Conrad have that a little bit? Let me ask you that. Or did he put, no. he played it so softly? No, he just, I think he just had a deep voice mm-hmm. naturally. Mm-hmm. I think the other two had an unnaturally deep voice. It was their natural voice, but it wasn't the one they started out with from God. Right. And it was altered along the way. Uh-huh. I, my thought. I, you know, what do I know? It could be interesting when you come together with that list. It'll be interesting who you put on that list. What list? The unnatural voices of radio people. Oh, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah. And there are, there are a number of them. Okay. Well, Louie, I, I think your kitty and I are going to get along just fine. <laughs> But I know you have to come along with the package, so you're, you're stuck with the kitty on your laps. You're never going to go anywhere. That kitty knows when you sit on the phone, you're hers forever. Yeah, she's sitting in a, staring at a closet door right now like something's going on in there, and I know very well there isn't, but I'm going to go open the door because she wants to see what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's amazing the way they take over your whole life. Oh, I know. I am a cat person, so I understand what you are telling me. What's her favorite toy? Her favorite toy is yes. bottle caps. <gasps> oh, my any, goodness. Any I... kind of bottle cap, plastic, uh, uh-huh. to chase uh, any kind of strings, ropes. I, I go out and... He'd rather do the bottle caps. I had a cat that loved bottle caps also, and she'd swat them across the kitchen floor, and they would just skitter across, and she'd chase them oh, and yeah. jump on them. Bottle caps. See how much money we saved just drinking soda and giving the cats bottle well, caps. Well, it tells you cats are like kids, you know, we, we, how happy we were, we were with kids just with paper boxes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We could just make that paper box. You That's know. true. Mm-hmm. That's true. You are so right. Mm-hmm. Um, it is cat well, law that if, if there's an open box, I must get in. <laughs> this is true. Whether or not you fit is immaterial. <laughs> you have to get yeah. in it. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll let you go now, and I just want to wish you both a very, very Christmas. You too. Are you going to go back to bed now? Uh, I'm probably too wired to sleep right now. But <laughs> we do that. We, we have been known to do that to people. Yeah. Well, keep up the good work, and thank you for everything you do all year long, and uh, God bless you both. Merry Christmas, uh, Thanks, Louie. Louie. Merry Christmas. We're happy you're there. Thank you so much for doing that. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. The family's up and about.
714-545-2071. It is only 3 after 4 in the morning, West Coast time. And here we go. Hello there. You're on the air. Merry Christmas! Oh, it's so good to hear from you. How are you? Well, I'm doing as suppose. Are you awake? No, but I'm here anyway. I <laughs> <laughs> see, even last week I was saying something in Southern, and I knew it wasn't right, and I said, Harwood is helping me, but he hasn't called in. I'm so glad you're on the phone. I wish I could remember what I messed up. Well, if you were it. <laughs> It really won't matter, I suppose. <laughs> Why, because I'm a Yankee, people will forgive me? They pro Most people probably wouldn't know any better. But you do. Well, yeah, but I didn't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Tell me how you've been. Uh, all right, I guess. I mean, you know, about the same as usual, but uh, I'm, I'm getting along, so... We're talking with Harwood in North Carolina. I have to tell people who you are. We know, but other people don't. So you're getting along. How are you feeling? How is the job going? You were really up to your nose the last time we talked. You you got hit yeah, with well, a really big job again. We got caught up with that segment of it. They're promising more of the curtains, but um, uh -huh. it's supposedly putting in machines until they get them done they won't commit to the curtains because they're not sure what size they're supposed to be. Yeah. I'm hoping that they will be along. We've had, you know, other work to do. And um, mm -hmm. at least with the canvas, the antenna business is about as dead as it can get. Wow. So, um, I want to make sure people know that you're not talking about window curtains and interior decorating. You're talking industrial stuff here. Yeah, we don't do window curtains. <laughs> you don't do windows. <laughs> you haven't you <laughs> haven't gotten into that line of business? It might be possible. That's true. Well, only for this outfit so far. <laughs> I haven't had any from anybody else. But, um, you know, there are bigger curtains than what we're doing, although, the, you know, these are heavy canvas curtains. At least for us, they're heavy. But um, the big ones are like stage curtains. Um, I know over there where Barbara worked for so long, uh, they used to do asbestos-lined stage curtains. Well, whoa. Yeah, well, that was before asbestos got to be a no-no. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it would take eight and ten people just to pull these things through the machine. Um, I know they had one that they actually had to take to the Coliseum parking lot across the street, <laughs> spread it out and work on it. And they have a big place, um. Wow. Y'all had to, had to do that. This was, you know, years ago, and um, mm -hmm. we definitely aren't able to be doing that. They're just too heavy. And you know, I have often wondered how they put together and got up in the air these enormous curtains on Broadway stages and Carnegie Hall and other places. They did it with a lot of people. Yeah, and of course these days they have mechanical means to lift stuff that I guess they didn't have in a way. But, you know, even way before my lifetime, they were using ropes and multi-shield blocks and things like that, and people were pulling them up. Mm-hmm. 
counterweights on the on the place. Well, yeah, once they were up, they used counterweights to move them. Um, oh, okay. We have made sandbags here, but we've never made any for curtains. But Barbara used to make them, and some of these sandbags would weigh, you know, two or three hundred pounds. <laughs> and um, they were just open-top bags, the ones for curtains were, where you use them for multiple uses. You don't leave it open because sand would go everywhere, but these things would hang like a bucket on the end of a rope, and mm -hmm. they were filled with sand, and, it, you know, they had different weights on them depending on what they were doing with them, but it made it a lot easier to move the curtains, and the thing I guess that would amaze me was all the rigging involved to get everything to do what you wanted it to do. Uh, it's beyond me. Uh, some of it I understand, and most of it I don't. Wow. Well, they always made for such good mystery backdrops, and I, I don't oh, yeah. mean that as, as an intent or, or um, um, a pun. But you'd put people on the stage, and suddenly one of these enormous sandbags would drop on the person and squash, and they'd say, oh, it's murder, get in, Inspector Jones. Yep. They couldn't have a really good murder on a stage unless they had a sandbag. Yeah, or a great big light or some such thing. But um, it didn't make for some good stories. Yeah. Agatha Christie could do good stuff with that. Oh, yes. I, I remember one of the early Orson Welles shadow shows where he's listening to the opera singer and the sandbag falls down to kill mm -hmm. the singer. So that, that was definitely a, a device. It was a stick. Yeah. yeah. It was a good item. Very convenient, too. You didn't have to now, get somebody I've, up there with a gun. A lot of the, well, what we've made a few lately, and we make shot bags instead of sandbags. And the first one we did, I did years ago, uh, when I was saying explosives, we had a thing called a boulder buster that we would rent. And this was made out of a piece of like three-inch steel rod, and one end was tapered into a cone, and it would separate. You could unscrew it, the back from the cone end of it. And <clears throat> they were made in South Africa, and they had these eight-gauge blank shotgun shells that went in them and a spring-loaded hammer mechanism that you would trip with a, a pull cord. And what these things did, you could drill, it was a means for breaking up rock without explosives. And what happened was you, you would, would drill the rock just like you were going to put in explosives, but you would fill the hole with water. And then set this thing down in the, the, the cone, pointy end of it, down in the hole, at the top, the holes were only inch and a quarter, inch and a half diameter, and the, the pointy end of this sat down in the top of it, and of course, most all of it was above the rock, not down in it, but the nose was. And it had a steel plate around it that was about, oh, six inches square, and you put a blasting mat over this, and the back end of this rod stuck up through a hole in the middle of the blasting mat. <clears throat> well, it was a hydraulic braking mechanism when the, when you fired the, the shotgun blank, it would comp or try to compress the water and that would cause the rock to fracture. 
and they work pretty well. However, um, now there are bigger and heavier mats than you got with this, but the mat that came with this was about five feet square, and it would actually lift that thing up off the ground, the recoil from it. Yes. But anyway, um, when I was renting one of these things, it really needed sandbags on it to hold it down. So we made four bags, and I decided this is ridiculous. We need weight, but we need something in a reasonable means to handle, and, and sand won't get it. So we made 50-pound shot bags out of just OD cotton duck. Mm-hmm. And... Um, use small lead shot in it and your your bags were the weight was there and they were smaller they had two handles on them and um, they work quite well but of course we don't do that anymore um, but recently a guy that we're making these barriers for that pull out like a horizontal window shade that blocks a passage or whatever they're four feet high and we made them for him from 10 to 23 feet, I think, that he's got a spring-loaded roller thing that mounts on the floor and stands up vertically, and you pull this horizontally across an area you're trying to block. Well, he recently got the bright idea of making a stand to hold the end of this that he could take the trade shows and set this thing up without having to uh, drill anchors in for the base of it into the floor. Mm-mm. Well, he wanted sandbags to go on it. Well, I looked at the thing, and the base on this stand was like 12 inches square. Oh, and I said, um, "What are you going to put it on?" Yeah, I said, oh, "A sandbag is a big thing. To yeah, weights you're going to need to hold this down against the spring tension in your wind-up device." I said, "You can't get enough weight." Um, a 25-pound sandbag, you're going to have very little of it on this base. Well, he thought that's what he wanted. <laughs> I said, we'll make your sandbag, but it ain't going to work. Let me Put show you writing, something yeah. else. Well, we had some 25-pound bags of shot that came in a little canvas bag type thing. It wasn't sufficient for what he was trying to do, but they were so much smaller. The bags were about six by... 12 inch, something like that, and weighed 25 pounds. I laid one of them on the back of his, his stand, and it just fit on there perfectly, and he could stack up three or four of them if he wanted to. Oh, yeah, that's a real good idea. Usually he won't listen to nothing I tell him, but nevertheless, he bought three of these shot bags to go on it, and it worked out real well. But I've been meaning to take a container and fill it up with sand and weigh it and then fill the same container with shot and see what the difference in a given volume is. Mm-hmm. But I still haven't got around to doing it. But it's, yeah, it's gonna... multiple times greater in a much smaller package. Oh, sure. Sure, you got more density and... Uh... The element is, then I, it is an element, and it's much heavier. I know, came by and saw him. Well, he wanted two of them. And what he's doing with it, he is a big CW operator. And he goes to locations out around the county and this, the central part of the state, you know, 
know, high locations or particularly good sites, he'll go out there and operate all night long on a temporary setup thing running CW. And he has a tripod that he's got multiple means for mounting antennas, but he's got a, a tripod thing that he mounts a 30-foot mast on and hangs his antennas off of that. And he took the two of them to the, the tripod. He's been screwing one of these dog anchors in the ground and taking a turnbuckle and tying the tripod down to it. And he didn't like that because that took too much time or if the ground was too hard, it was hard to get the anchor in and that kind of thing. So he's taken two of these 25-pound bags and hanging them on the, the bottom of the central part of the tripod. And he's had real good success with that. And it holds it down and it's easy to assemble and disassemble and the whole bit. So um, he's using some of those. I know that's really thrilling, but... Um, well, I'm intrigued that this guy managed to get three bags on that little platform, and it's working. Well, you see, shot is almost That's like much, a liquid, or at least it's I know, I know. It flows. Mm-hmm. And um, if you dip your hands in a bucket of it, I mean, it's just like metal water almost. So anyway, when you've got a bag like that and you lay it down, it goes flat like a flat pillow. Right. So when it does that, they're easy to stack up to a point. Now you can get to a point where it goes too far and then it starts sliding off the top, but you can lay it flat and then pat it down too to get it to kind of flatten out even more. Yeah. And they stack yeah. real well. But on a 12-inch square... Yeah, and they, and part of it obviously is taken up by something else. It's just not sitting there by itself. Well, he's got a, uh, about an inch and a half fill tube column right in the middle. In the center it's of not, it, sure. It's part of the plate, and he just stacks the bags on the back side of it from where the the um, barrier is hooking to and pulling tension uh-huh. the other way. And by golly, he made it work. But it it worked just fine. But his sandbags would have never worked. There's no way. No, no. The shot is it is just wonderful because it finds its own level, like water. You said exactly. Uh, and the the sand certainly wouldn't do that. It would need a whole lot of help from you. Oh yeah, That's you really, really cool. got to pat that around and because you know the grains of sand are sharp and they they kind of stick in place. Now sandbags have their place. They're very good for a lot of things, but where you're trying to get a lot of weight in a small area, that's not it. Yeah, yeah. The buckshot has to. The buckshot is great. Good stuff. Anyway, we wind up with Smart. a lot of various things that yeah. people won't make. Yeah. Okay, we're asking for weather reports tonight. What you got going up there? Oh, and excuse me, before you even get to that, were you okay in the storm? Oh. Uh, in, in, in the Hurricane Sandy, did that tickle any of your area? Uh, we had some breezes from it, but it was no worse than... You know, just a normal thing that would come through. It, it really didn't affect us, but it sure hit a bunch hard. Oh, my gosh, yes. They got hammered, but we were concerned about you, so I'm glad everything is cool. No, it uh, it really didn't didn't bother okay. us, thank goodness. Okay, what you got going in the weather department? Well, it's not too bad. It was 27 uh, Friday morning. Um, That's a 2 and a 7? Yeah. 
Not a seven and a two. It's not Patricia. It's not a seven and a two. It's a two and a yeah, seven. Yeah, you you got that backwards. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am so delicate. <laughs> Twenty-seven. Yesterday. Just, oh my gosh! It's, it's really been pretty darn warm. Today <laughs> was around sixty. They were calling for. Oh, all right. Well, I won't laugh. Sixty is okay for for having twenty-seven. I, well, I guess it last week. I mean, there was some seventy. Uh, 71, I think, 68, stuff like that uh, during the day. And we had some days it was quite windy and it felt pretty darn cold. But, um, you know, it's, it's been extremely mild so far. 27. Well, that, <laughs> we hadn't had that much. I think that's illegal. Anything well, below 32 is illegal. I got another loo for you. And I'm what? not trying to top him at all, but it's just, I can't forget it. Years ago, I'm trying to think it was sometime around 80 or 81, somewhere in that general neck of the woods. Our furnace went off. And my mother and daddy was going over to my brother's for a Christmas party or something. Uh-huh. I had to stay here and wait for the service guy to come get the furnace home. Well, it was some kind of cold. And I had no other heat in the house except that. Well, he stood up and did his thing. Well, you're going to have to have so-and-so. We don't have one. I have to order it. And it takes about a week to get it in here. And I said anything to myself. This house is about to freeze inside, and me too. I, he said, uh, you got any other kind of heat? I said, no, <laughs> don't. Well, i got to get on the next job. <laughs> now, this was a Saturday night. He would order it Monday. He would order it on Monday. Uh-huh. Okay. The following week, it got down to eight below. <gasps> I, you know, I was some kind of lucky. I had an electric blanket on the bed. <laughs> Wait. God. On Thursday, I called. I said, your guy was out here Saturday night. He's going to order a part for this furnace. We still don't have any. When's he going to come fix it? What are you talking about? I said our furnace was off. I called y'all and your service guy came here last Saturday, nearly a week ago, and he was going to order part for his furnace. Well, let's check on it. Well, that didn't happen. We're going to have to order it. It'll be next week before we can get it. <laughs> he never even turned the thing in. And I have never been so cold in my life. And after we got through with that little deal, I said, this ain't going to happen again. So I went down at the time Piedmont Gas was selling heaters and things here, and I bought an unvented space heater and had that put in the corner of the living room where it goes into the hall. And so far, we've never had another major heat problem. Now, that thing can run you out of the place if you leave it on for two or three hours, but mm-hmm. I've never used it much. At least it's there. It's your security blanket. Exactly. And then um, last fall, we put, um, or last summer, we put um, gas logs in the fireplace, which we don't use anymore. So we put gas logs in there. So we got two security blankets now. Mm. <laughs> Boy, after and that, I would have looked for so four. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Did you hurt that guy? 
if I'd have seen him again, I think I might have. You might have. He okay. wasn't the one that came back to fix it. <laughs> I guess they figured that wasn't a good idea. Probably not. Nope. Nope. You're quiet, but I think it's that kind of quiet that people oh, are it was, attuned to. It was something. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, he was talking about his cat. We just had uh-huh. one, one left. Barbara's cat died. Uh, last I, re- I guess it was. I, I remember that. That was such a hard time for both of you. Oh, it is. It was. But the shop cat, Susie, she's still going and talks a blue streak. <laughs> but yeah, about two weeks ago, we were out there in the shop sewing. And there's no door on one of the openings at all. And we were... She was sewing, and of course I was moving stuff around, and she stopped and said, well, there's a rabbit, and this great big rabbit had come in, and he was inside the table looking at us, and she talked to him, and he stretched out and just lay there watching her, and after a while, he got him left, and then about every time since that we've been out there working, especially late in the evening late in the afternoon anyway, uh, he comes by and he'll come in and hop around the place, around the table, and a cutting table, and he'll sit there and watch her. And, of course, she talks to him, of course, she started feeding him too, giving him <laughs> carrots and apples. That helps, yeah. And uh, every day he comes by and has lunch or... <laughs> well, isn't that a hoot? Oh, my gosh. Or I said, you just wait. <laughs> You're going to walk in there one day and all these little rabbits are going to be uh-huh. running around there. Like, hey, Grandma. Is it lunchtime yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is so funny. So have you named the rabbit yet? She called yeah. Hoppy. Hoppy, okay. I told you she was calling bird rabbit. And, and Hoppy? the type of electric was about here. I had, a, I had to move a uh, three-phase breaker panel and I don't mind doing it, but the... Um, Disconnect switch ahead of the breaker panel is a big 150 amp um, standalone disconnect. And the nitwits that put it in years and years ago hooked <laughs> it up backwards. You're supposed to feed a panel like this at the top and take it out at the bottom to go to your breaker panel. Well, when you pull the, the master switch off on the side of the box, it would kill everything below the top three terminals or four terminals where the power comes in. Well, you know, if it had done that, I would have gone on and changed everything and heck with it. Well, that ain't what they've done. We are speaking Southern here, so mm-hmm. don't correct me. <laughs> uh, anyway, here to go in there and do it. And I, these are great big fuses, and my electric gloves are so old, they're just the rubber stuck together and everything else. So I knew I was not going in there with those. But if I could have pulled the, the fuses out, I would have done it. But it, it, it takes some pulling to get one of those things out. And there's three in there. So I called him and I told him he'd come by here. And if he'd pull the fuses, I'd do it myself or he could take it out. So he came by and he pulled the fuses too, but he had good gloves and I didn't. <clears throat> so he hooked the thing up. Well, he was sitting around just talking and um, 
we were sitting there near the sun, we threw chairs, and all of a sudden he stopped. Well, there's a rabbit. <laughs> I said, yeah, I know. It was very brave of him to say it out loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having visions. Oh, that's funny. Well, at least you, 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 know, you didn't name it Harvey or something like that, right? Yeah, I would put a stop to that. <laughs> No, Harvey. Actually, you know, really, if I were sitting there talking with you and this big old bunny came in, I'm not sure I'd mention it. <laughs> Actually, Patricia, I named my rabbit Hoppy, too, when I had a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, sure. Barbara and I have a get the same vision of giving rabbit the same name. What can I say? I bet your bunny didn't show up from the yard. No. <laughs> just yeah, really? come by for dinner and never go home. It's like the, the what, what's the name of that movie? The man who... The man, the man who came, came to, dinner? to dinner? Yeah. I really wonder if somebody didn't have for a pet and threw him out and that burned. Oh, uh, yeah. But he's, he's too tame. We haven't tried to touch him. Um, but he'll just sit there and look at you while you talk to him and stretch out on the floor. And oh, gosh. Like that. And uh, it just makes me think that, that somebody might have had him for a Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he, it sounds like he's way too comfortable around people to have right. truly come in from not having had people contact before. But that's really cute. Just hopping by for lunch. <laughs> uh, sometimes, well, she usually calls him Hoppy, but then. She'll come in there and start calling him, looking for him, because he'll get under a table or something like that, and you don't see him right away. And a lot of times she'll call him Hop Hop. Any answers? You know, rabbits don't make a noise unless... They growl. Uh, I haven't heard one do that. Now, if, yeah. if their life is threatened, they'll squeal. But I've never heard one really make a noise, but I never had a rabbit for a pet. But you've had everything else. How did you miss a rabbit? Well, we used to eat rabbits. Never mind. You're teaching me Southern again. Roadkill and rabbits. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Ra- well. <laughs> well, <yes. laughs> well. Oh, dear me. Dear me, dear me, dear me. Oh, oh, gosh, you are old, too funny. Oh, shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's come up before. I've noticed it, and I intend to say something about it. It's a radio thing that I know it doesn't mean a thing to y'all, but you may have heard it. They've been running some of the old Dragnet TV shows on a side channel here. Mm-hmm. And they seem to have a limited amount of them for some reason. But I got to thinking about some of the earlier dragnets when they're talking on the radio in the car mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you recall hearing that each time they quit talking they'll say K yes now it wasn't in the lighter ones but it was in the earlier ones uh-huh. they got some bad radio advice I don't know if it's from a, from a ham operator or a commercial operator it makes uh-huh. a difference it, it was done with both but it that was only done in CW contacts. It was never used in phone contacts. And when you make a CW transmission and to turn it back over to the other operator that you're talking to, mm-hmm. um, you end the transmission with K. It's just da da da. And 
somehow somebody told him that's how you were supposed to do that. And it's so odd to hear it. And they finally, I guess somebody straightened them out and they quit doing it. So these were the very early shows yes. that this happened in? Yes. And if you, well, I'm not sure how many it did because I've heard it in the earlier ones. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you hear some of the earlier ones and you hear them talking on the radio and they'll do that and it's just, it's not done. It was never done. So I think they got some bad advice from somebody. That's really interesting because Jack Webb was such a picky, 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 picky person. Well, could it? With all true, of the details. It was something he really didn't know about and took somebody's advice that he thought did. Yeah. Well, it could have been. Maybe that's just the way the LA cops did it with their local radio setup. That was never done. Uh-huh. It it's just, I, I don't know what to relate it to, but it's never done. Uh-huh. Uh, an actual operation. It was only used in CW. And it still hmm. is. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm, I'm surprised, and I'm assuming, I, I said that was an earlier show, right? And I'm, I was just assuming that it was, because if he corrected it... Oh, yeah, I think they finally it, got it. It would have been later, yeah. I never saw it on TV. Because, you know, he was pretty meticulous about every detail, and they always, they always ran everything through the police department, so interesting. I know, but that, I don't think. That was a boo-boo. I don't yeah. think that would have come out. I think it was just a, a big mistake, and either somebody jumped him about it, or somehow he found out that wasn't the way it was done. Yeah. yeah. It always fascinated me on the, the radio transmissions. You hear a click. Yep. Their switch. Mm -hmm. I don't ever hear that either. Uh, and no. a lot of the older radio equipment, uh, you, you you never hear the mic key, the the, the button you, you push to turn the mic on and transmit. But in the old equipment, the big relays that transfer, you can't hear those. But that's not what you're hearing on this. It's just somebody, I think, is using an old light switch for a, a sound effect. Mm -hmm. And that was a no-no, too. I mean, it didn't happen. But I guess that was nothing like the K deal. Well, with the radio sound effects, they took some liberties to make sure. I mean, every time you hear a car stop, it's squealing. Even if it yeah. came from the drive out of the garage, it's squealing because you had to know that the car was there. So I'm guessing that they probably took some liberties, but not with yeah, the because transfer, uh, Unless the you had transfer. something with big relays in it, you would have never heard anything to know that they had turned the radio to transmit or whatever. So, you know, I'm not knocking that effect much. It's just the K was... was the K was uh, a boo-boo. Yeah, that was a yeah. big boo-boo for sure. Big boo-boo. That's cool. You know, it just amazes me, people's ideas about radio. I, I read a book one time. Don't even remember the title, but this guy was flying a um, a jet type small plane over Russia, trying to locate something. And then, of course, the the, the Russian Air Force planes found him and were chasing him. And he was flying real low down through this valley or something. And he was listening to the, the planes chasing him, talking to each other. And he switched off his radio, and he disappeared. 
Okay. You know that is so silly. You turn off your radio and they can't see you no more. It don't make uh-huh. sense. Right. <laughs> now, see, they needed you. Where were you when they needed you? Well, I don't. Ha- I didn't have to be there. That just you ain't got to be too bright to. I mean, that's about like the forty-nine caliber gun you were talking about. <laughs> <Right. laughs> you remembered that one. Oh, oh dear me. I always thought oh, that dear one. me. I never saw his name in print, so I guess he didn't cast off his forty-nine caliber gun uh, to anybody. She was. Mm. Well, I've held y'all up too long, and I didn't really have anything useful anyway. It's just been a while. And <laughs> it's always fun to talk with you. Are you in the market for a question? Uh, yes. Oh, one thing, and I know I've uh-huh. said this over and over and over, and I am so sorry that it's happened, but it is going to happen. It's probably going to be right after Christmas. I'm working on two presents for y'all. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Okay. Your your creative side is still chugging along there. Do what? Your creative side is still oh, chugging. Well, I promise you this. I've, the, the toy, I've cut out all the pieces except the handle for it, and I've got to find something to make that out of. And I've got to assemble it and try to get it finished. You know, some varnish and stuff on it. Uh, the gag thing. I've got most of what I need. I just got to get it put together, and I'm going to get those two things to both of you. <laughs> as, as close to Christmas as it is, it will probably be after. But they are coming. I will wait forever for everything except roadkill. <laughs> no, you can't wait for that too long because <laughs> no, it smells. You, you've no. got to have no. it right away. <laughs> do not. Do not. <laughs> That's a, oh, look what I brought home for dinner type thing. All right. <laughs> See, I'm learning. I'm learning these things. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. All right. Let me see here. I, I, you're not too much into comedy, are you? Yeah, I like comedy. Oh, okay. Who are Babs and Junior in a comedy? Life of Riley. Oh, wow. Oh, very good. See, you're sharp. I, just, you, I listen to a a uh, Ozzy and Harriet the other day, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and I swear I think John Brown was playing Thorny. Yep, he was. That was him. I knew he was on uh, Riley as as Digby and Digorodalia and and Gillis. Oh, hey, uh, well, it, it's Jim Gillis. It was Jim Gillis. Um, who, did, who did you just mention? Digger Odell and Jim Gillis, and then he was Thorny and Ozzy and Harriet. Oh, Thorny, yeah, right. And then he was, uh, of course, Al and my friend Irma. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what I was trying to think of, my friend Irma. And then, of course, he was a, he was Judy dad in a date with Judy. And the, you heard him roast on the Fred Allen show, Jack Benny, and he was... Marvelous, all, versatile voice. Also, of course... Broadway in the Damon Runyon Theater. Yes, oh, was. right. Oh, right. Good. Good role. He yeah. did such a and great job on that. Yeah. Yep. I'll be shoveling I'll off. I'll be shoveling off. All right. Harwood, what in your heart have you always wanted from old-time radio? I don't know. I'd have to think it over. Oh, dear me. Another one. I'm not going to even attempt. <laughs> yeah, so all of you. This 
thing I, I'm, that you're trying could, to do. Get a vote? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. With what you have, I would go for the six-shooter. Okay. And what the six-shooter. Okay. One have, vote. I would propose Amos and Andy. Okay. Oh, nobody did. That's right. We don't have an Amos and Andy well, there. Put on the okay. list. We'll put them on the list. We will. One of them would be fine. We will add Amos and Andy. Okay, so what do you need to have in your in your little folder of shows? I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just crack me up. You have all the answers to all of the trivia questions. Well, and the hardest uh, the hardest question I ask is what I'll would you tell like? you for the last probably the last year I just haven't been able to listen to much of it and most of the things I think of I've got and some of the things that, that I do it I think of at the time when I hear it I'd like to have by the time I call or whatever I don't remember it <laughs> so, I guess if you don't remember it you're not missing anything <laughs> right. you know there's a common thread running through the show tonight you're at least the fourth person who said something similar like, I don't remember before I went to bed what I did. Yeah. Never mind after I got up. That kind of stuff exactly. for tonight. So you're right in like keeping it's, them. It's like they always say, when you get older, you're always thinking about the hereafter. Yep. Yeah. yeah everywhere you go, you're thinking, oh, what am I hereafter? <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I haven't heard that one. That's a first for me. Oh, you never heard that? I never heard that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard the round to it. You will be saying it one day. Uh, okay. Probably. Yes. You're right. I, I, I do that. Little ADHD goes a long way. Not even sure why I'm here. <laughs> I'm happy I am out of bed and upright. Why am I here? <laughs> Too funny. Well, gosh, it is just so good to hear from you. We've been concerned about you, and every once in a while, I say, Howard hasn't called in a while, mm -hmm. so well, this, is, just, uh, this is really a treat. I seem to get to it very often, but... Um, as long as we know you're okay. All the stuff I promised you, but I, I, the two things, I am getting there, thank goodness. It'll be fun when you're able to send them. We're, we're getting all into... See, I, I'm not nervous about this one. I was nervous about oh, that. You know. that, was, that was rough. That was rough. So she, I don't have any... She was going to drown, the, she was gonna drown the first one in the bathtub before she opened oh, up the box. Oh, Jeremy, I was going to drown myself. <laughs> Just stick my head in the tub and say, sorry, I'm out of here. <laughs> what? Hours. A suggestion have. Uh -huh. I know. I know. First said there was going to be anything. All of this, or the biggest part of it, you created yourself. All I needed I to do was just start it. I know. <laughs> just for anyone who was not hanging around last year when I was a wreck, <laughs> Harwood was going to send us, was it smoked possum? No, sugar-cured possum. Sure. Oh, my gosh, yes, forgive me. Sugar-cured possum. Now, you can hear in his voice that this might have been something serious. I am not Southern. He is Southern. Now, they've got different tastes in the South than I grew up with in the North. I have no way of knowing if possum is on the menu. And he was going to send us some sugar-cured possum. 
tell him you lied. <laughs> tell him, tell him you told the fib. Well, he did. <laughs> I, I still say you generated all that problem. I, well, I probably did, but you told me what was what you were going to send, and I am so, I'm so trusting. Tell him what you really got. Ah, fruitcake. That's right. And do I love fruitcake? I love fruitcake, and it was I good. I hate fruitcake, <laughs> but that one I do like. Yeah, it's good. It was very good. Oh, it um, was. Yes. And, did, um, did you know that one square inch was over 100 calories? I'm, I'm serious about this. Well, this is probably true, but you're just ruining it. <laughs> you don't think about things like that. Well, not at Christmas time, they don't. No, but exactly. I, I read boxes and I read packages and, you know, sometimes it's enough yeah. to take your breath away and then I put it in the grocery <laughs> cart. Yeah, well, you shouldn't do that because it's like reading all this stuff that comes with medicine you get. If you oh. read all the stuff that goes along with all the things that can go wrong, uh -huh. you don't want to take it at all. You'd you rather have what to... you got. Oh, my gosh. Some of the ads that run on television, they spend the bulk of the time, and this is not an exaggeration, the bulk of the time telling people about the side effects and when you shouldn't take this particular medication. And I think, you know, most of these are, I say most of them, many of them are discretionary medications. They're not things that would sustain life or cure you of something. It, um, these are conditions that you can live with, but you don't really want to if you don't have to. And uh, some of them are really rough. I mean, and, and they talk about, and there have been deaths reported. Well, excuse me. You know, but have you rather, seen? Have I'd rather seen, live with my problem than die a healthy person, you know? Have you seen any other kind of ads on TV or heard any on radio or whatever that's trying to sell you something, and then they spend most of the time trying to talk you out of buying it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the medications. I mean, besides that. Oh, besides them? Yeah. Well, let's um, talk you out of buying something they're trying to sell you. Sure, investments. Um, oh, anything that, that one, has, I missed that. You're right. And even buying gold, they'll, they'll spend a fair amount of time telling you that this is not a guarantee and prices have continued to go up, but we're not telling, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's not nearly as bad as with, no. uh, with investments. So they'll they'll tell you a thousand ways not to invest your money. But by the way, here's our phone number. You're um, right. Yeah, <laughs> just like, that's a good question. I have to think about that for a minute. But oh. um, we were going back down to that fruitcake place before Christmas, uh -huh. but it, it's not going to happen. Oh. They make bouquets of different things down here besides fruitcake. Um, Jellies and candies and um, cookies and things of that nature, all kind of stuff. And it's the kind of stuff that's going to kill you and at the same time make us happy that we're alive. That's exactly right. Yeah. But anyway, what I'm getting at is when we go back down there, I am going to get both of you something else. And also, a place over west of Winston-Salem, have either one of you had, ever had Moravian cookies? No. 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 Oh dear. Another lesson I feel coming on. Uh huh. Uh huh. What, are we, what have we been missing? Another southern delicacy, huh? I think. It, it, it's it's they're wonderful. They're just, what? They're just about see-through cookies. 
They're so thin. Uh, they make two, I think, three or four different kinds. But I've, I've never had one kind of them myself. Mm. Are they sweet? Uh, yes, but like I said, they are so thin. Um, I mean, I can't imagine how they can make them and handle and package them. Um, they're just so thin. Um, they're all still handmade. Wow. Um, by the same family that's been doing it for God knows how many years. I mean, they didn't invent them, and I know other people have made them, and they probably still are. The ones I'm talking about um, are made by the Haynes family um, near Winston, but they've been making them as long as I can remember. Hmm. Um, and tell me the name of them again, please. Moravian Cookies. Radiant more time doing homework for you guys tonight. But I am going to get you some of those. Well, back. Patricia's school not out yet. I guess She's not? Well, school's not out yet, so that's why you're not on Christmas vacation. That's right. I'm not going to do this on Christmas night. That's right. I don't know when I'm going to do this either, but um, what do both of y'all like? Cheddar, cheese. Ooh, yes. love cheese. Love cheese. Five on cheddar. strong, extra strong. Which? Strong, 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 strong. Strong, strong stuff. So you want the, the high-octane version? Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. Now, the, the stuff that fights back when you eat it. Okay. That's sharp. I agree with you, but uh, some people don't. No, I want to make sure when I put it on my Rick crackers, I'm... I'm you just know it's coming when uh -huh. it's on the other side of the room. Yeah. yeah. If you'll know whether it's cracker or not. <laughs> well, Longs is not. Longs is not. What? What that? She that from the Germans. Oh, the um, Lita Kranz. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I ain't much on all these wild cheeses. I just it cheddar's my big deal, and yeah. sharper the better. I agree. We when I go to shop, we always buy everything sharp. Well, anyway, what I'm getting at is there is a cheese factory at a place called West Jefferson it's in Ash County. Mm -hmm. It's in the lower mountain area. Uh, it's up, I guess, between North Wilkesboro and Boone, that general area. Mm -hmm. We have been there, and for years I ordered um, a bunch of it at Christmas to give to customers and things like that. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. We haven't been up there in a lot of years, but uh, um, they make all kinds of it from blocks to complete hoops. Wow. And they, it's wrapped in cheesecloth, and then they dip it in, in um, red paraffin wax to seal it. Mm-hmm. And then they box it. That's the real stuff. Oh, it is. Uh, that was the one I think I told you all about years ago that I put a mouse in. <laughs> you know, you like one of these cat toys that looks real. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. <laughs> You're brutal. <laughs> I think I told you all about that. No. I, I gave Barbara one, and, of course, her mother was still living then, and her mother opened the thing. She was at the kitchen counter, and Barbara was across the room. 
No, that's not what happened. Barbara opened it. Boy, she's scared to death of mice. <laughs> and she opened yeah. it, and she was standing there. Oh, 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 oh. And her mother saw what was going on and saw the mouse, and she grabbed a butcher knife and went for it. Oh, my God. Well, by that time, Barbara finally figured out it wasn't real, and she stopped her before she went and cut that mouse in little pieces. But And I gave one to where I ordered tower from down in Alabama at the time. The guy down there that did the shipping and all, he was, he was real good to me and did a lot of favors for me. And I sent him one. Well, his wife opened it and started screaming. He <laughs> that one. And I never was able to, or I never got around to doing it again and rigging up one so the mouse would run when he opened the box. Oh, my gosh. What are these days? One day you're going to be charged with homicide. <laughs> but, you know, you could put the little mouse over on one side and hook a thread to him and right through a hole on the other side of the box and hook it to the lid and raise it. He'd run across a block of cheese. Oh, my God. Malden, you wanted yet. to know what a gremlin was before? Yeah. We're talking to one. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, you know what... We're thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, you know what? We're, we're talking to somebody who's ultra creative who could give my the, the living death. You know that. Yeah, I know. You're going to get charged with murder one of these days. You know, are, are you going to put a patent on this? No. Uh, yeah, uh, she, uh, mouse for cheese boxes. That, that sounds like a new toy. And I've also got to see if I haven't got some of these left. I need to send y'all a package of rattlesnake eggs. <laughs> of what? Rattlesnake eggs. And what were we supposed to do with them? Have them for breakfast. You'll know when you get it. I don't think so. Yes, you will. I assure you. Oh, here we go again. Yes. Now there's Santee Cooper. River, yeah. uh, uh, rattlesnake eggs. And I hope I have some left. <laughs> if not, I will try to get some. Rattlesnake eggs. These are the real things? Why, well, certainly. <laughs> Just, it, is it... <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have missed you. I think. Did you, did you send them Arabian cookies? I have the, I have Mrs. Haynes in front of me right now. That's it. She's a very nice looking woman. Is she still? Is this? This is I not. No, I never saw her, but um, she sure makes good cookies. Well, I I guess I'm I'm asking if if Mrs. Haynes is a real person or if I'm looking. She certainly at is. And she's still living and she's still making cookies, and her well, kids are making cookies, and the whole family makes them. Well, that's what. Oh. <laughs> About how many millions they make every year, and I mean this. This is not a big factory type thing. This is a handmade small place. Yeah, she's she's standing there in this picture with cookie cutters. Yep, they cut, they roll them out by hand, they cut them by hand, they pack them by hand. Um, they have them in sealed cellophane type bags and ends. And I'm not sure what that does, the only kind I've seen. Wow. Well, they look good. They are. They look right good. Well, how's that? Did I say it. that right? 
You and can eat a right small here. amount at a time because unless you eat a whole handful, you never know it. Oh, uh, because they're, they're so adorable, yeah. But they're just so thin. I mean, you yeah. can't imagine. I've never seen a cookie that thin before, except theirs. But, I mean, I think that's one of the natures of Moravian cookies, uh, no matter who's making them. Um, yeah. Some yeah, are that's... easier than others, but the whole object is to get them extremely thin. Uh-huh. It's very hard to do because they should rise a little bit in the oven. How do they keep it from doing that? No. And like I said, I just, when you see them, you wonder how they could even handle them and get them in the oven and bake them without burning them. Um, huh. It's just, they're incredibly thin. Just kind of pass a lighter over them. Yeah, that's about it. Gee whiz. Uh, they, well, they look wonderful. Shapes, you know, like Where did the, the name come from? Do what? The name, Moravian? Moravian. Moravian, okay, yeah. Moravian. How to spell. Oh, there we are. That's something we don't have to do down here. <laughs> Make it up as you go. Oh, <laughs> we're losing control here. No, the Moravians um, were the ones that settled Salem. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, which is now Winston-Salem, but the, the the Moravian community there and all is still there, and they have a huge church there. It's the, what do they call that? The, um... Well, I mean, I never heard Mike that word people is a member over there. Of course, he's retired now, but uh, home church, that's what they call it. I think it's the main Moravian church in the country. Now, and there are other Moravian communities around, but I think it's from Germany. That's what it looks that, like. They came here in 17-something. Well, let me see. Called Unity Brethren is the literal interpretation. Let me see what comes up here. Wiki is good for everything. And they even have ghosts in the church. Huh. They have the cookies in the church? Woo! Ghost. Ghost. All right. Okay. Da, 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 da. Five lands. Let's see. Uh, it's also... Da, 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 da. Okay. Oh, give me now. I'm sorry. I'm, I opened a geography site here. Geography and culture. We don't. We don't really need that. Old Salem. Yeah. Is somebody else awake out there? Got my watch. That was his watch. Oh. Grab it. <laughs> See, she is awake. Okay, Winston Salem, right? Well, you're looking for Old Salem, I think. Old Salem. Okay. Yes. Um, Old Salem. Okay. Let's see. What comes up? And the area we're talking about is still called that. Okay. Old Salem. Museums and stuff like that there. But North Carolina also, although I don't know where there's another one. Moravian Settlement of Salem. Is that the one I'm supposed to open? Yes, I think so. Okay. Old Salem. Oh, it looks, wait a minute. Home Moravian Church. That's that's what I'm, or Mar Moravian Church. Moravian is how it's pronounced. Yeah, well, leave it to me. That is the home church. Leave it to me. I'll change history. 
Hold on. Got to go back here. Mrs. Haynes' cookies are still here. Um, my poor computer is getting such a workout tonight. I've just got the so many windows. That, that church goes back to 17-something. And mm. I know any time they want to do anything to that church, they got a real government nightmare to go through in the church to get it approved. Because of its historical... Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Home. Moravian Church. Winston-Salem. Home. Welcome, it says. Moravian Church. Welcome. Um... Well, got a lot of activity. Well, is probably just about the church, but there's an entire community there. That's why mm -hmm. the old Salem, um, it is a Moravian community, but, you know, they have ten smiths and all kind of things there that they still make. Oh, my goodness, the old artisans. Right. And it's the guy that I was talking about that I know, um, they... In the services, they use a lot of beeswax candles uh -huh. for service, and a bunch of guys go once a week, I think, to make candles, um, and they make bunches of them, and he's one of the ones that makes candles for the services. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've got the Moravian story coming up here. Is that the one I want? Probably. Probably. Hey, about the whole community, I would assume. Settlement. Bethabara. Does that sound right? Bethabara? Oh. In what is today Winston-Salem, North Carolina, was founded on November 17, 1753, when 15 Moravian brethren arrived after walking from Pennsylvania. The Moravians found November. Boy, that's getting wow. cold here. The Moravians... Uh, were German-speaking Protestants as followers of Jan Hus, H-U-S, a Bohemian heretic who was burned at the stake in 1415. The Moravians are acknowledged as the first Protestants predating the Lutherans by a hundred years. Let's see if we've got something about the community here. Park is designed. I take opposition to that statement. Oh, all right. Well, you know, Roger Williams... Uh -huh. Started Rhode Island in 16-something. Right. And he was a Baptist or Protestant. Mm. Somebody's got their facts wrong there. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you're right. He was a Protestant. It was the um, it was uh, the, the Pilgrims. Um, what was their church, Walden? The Mayfield. Oh, what? The Puritan? No, Puritan. No. Thank you. Uh. That wasn't a, thing, but that, um, that was the religion they followed, and you're right. They followed a, uh, they they brought a religion over with them. Right. From See, that was more a little more than a hundred years before the Moravians. So I don't think they were the first Protestants in the country. Well, well, and they, they, were, they were talking they, about uh, following this Bohemian heretic who was well, that, burned at the stake in 1415. Hmm. And I don't I, know how far back the Quakers. You know, the Quakers settled what in Pennsylvania. And what, Pennsylvania was a state in the 1600s? Yeah. Well, they're, they're talking about these people settling in North right. Carolina in 1753, but there were followers of the person, John Hoos, who 
died in 1415. Wow, okay. And those, that's the person who well, started the church. Isn't Martin so, Luther, isn't he 13-something? Martin Luther? Yeah, I... I Hanging so on the his, his church door. Yeah. I know he, he hung the... Uh, his treatise on the right. I'm just trying. I don't door. really remember okay. the dates when he did all that, but I, I thought it's thirteen something. But maybe I'm wrong. Martin Luther, uh, leader of the religious revolt, mm-hmm. died in 1546. So let's see what he did in between. Mm-hmm. But still, okay. Let's see. He was born in 
I'm not sure if that's true, but I've always been told that. And just think how many movies of the early, early, early movies had that as a, as a theme where the woman is strapped down with the conveyor belt going through the... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Big thing for the uh, long, tall Jones cartoon. Yes. But uh, supposedly that's where a circular saw came from. Now, let's see. Game of Lies, man saw circular. I'm looking for a tropical gift pack. That won't work. Kirby portions, art department, circular saw, history. <laughs> Boy, you guys owe me credits here for doing so much work. Uh, I, uh, you, Patricia, you get a chocolate chip cookie. They'll really? Arabian chocolate chip cookie. History yeah. of the circular saw. Let's see. Hmm. Asked to talk dot com. A tool is born. Um, <laughs> go away. Moravian is not found in this, so cross that one off. <sighs> Do I get credit? I, I, yes. One cookie. I think I need more than one cookie here. More than one cookie? A cookie and a half? Yeah. Okay. Alright, now look, this, um, Archive.org. Archive.org has the history of the Moravian missions. Now, hold on. I saw the word saw in here. I saw saw. See, saw, see? Sue? I saw, yeah. Su Sue, saw, e. see? Sigh? E. Sigh? Sue? Saw? Um, okay. Moravian contract for the circular saw, but not... Issued for general circulation. We want circular saw. Let's go to the next one. Mm -mm. One match. Okay. Um, each native helped sweep the roads, and each native, therefore, had the free use of certain articles belonging to the village. With the station circular saw, he sawed his wood. That doesn't say anything about having invented it. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's not a big issue, I guess. It's just that always... Well, it sounds really cool. But so let me see if somebody had invented and I guess that would be a good way to have it ring a bell when you were spinning that that might make a song. Mm-hmm. So all you need to do is go ahead and post it on Wikipedia, I win, and it'll be true. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. This looks like it was somewhere around the turn of the 20th century, so like 1910-ish. Would that no, that be I don't keeping? believe that. Um, no, I mean that's this is a, what I'm reading from is a passage. I, it's a huge document, but oh. it looks like we're into the 1910 area when they first mentioned circular saw as oh, being. I think circular saw was around a long time before that. It it probably was, but the only reference to it here right. is that they actually had a circular saw. That's that's kind of hard to say. Circular saw. And it was part of their equipment that they had. Hmm. Boy, you do come up with the most interesting things, Harwood. Well, I'm going to get off here. I'm not going to come up with anything else because I know you're sick and tired after one night. <laughs> no, I'm not sick and tired. I'm overwhelmed. I went from cookies to circular saws. Well, and we started out with Mickey Mouse watches. Did you ever think that maybe 
there weren't any cookies till after there was a circular saw they were looking at. <laughs> Somebody didn't have the right recipe. <laughs> they left something like maybe the the um, oil or butter out mm -hmm. of it wasn't quite soft enough. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that could be. You're too funny. Anyway, I'm going to get you some Moravian cookies. Okay. Wow. Well, thank now you. I know what Moravian means. Okay. Thank you. Anyway, if I don't talk to you for Christmas, I hope you have a good one, and I will get this to you as quick as I can. I am finally working on it. Whenever. Whenever. We'll get Thank you. Merry call. Christmas. Merry Christmas, Howard. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the eclectic show on Yesterday USA. <laughs> I mean, we, have, we have to rename this, I guess. <laughs> My goodness, do we have different things to talk about. I will guarantee every Saturday night show is so wide-ranging from topic to topic. That's why people tuned in. I am just... You will never hear the same thing twice. Almost. Almost. Sometimes I lose my mind and I repeat myself. But you'll help me with that. Ah, uh, so right? okay. But Boo Boo's always so good for a couple of laughs. So the callers are still rolling in. Hello there. It's breakfast time. You're on the air. What are you having for breakfast? Good morning. I'm having a cold. How about yourself? Oh, Dan. Oh, Dan. I'm I've been sorry. having one. I can hear it. I've been having one for the last three days. Oh, I'm sorry, you know, Dan. I mean, that's what happens when you have university students coming in and out. You are so vulnerable with so many people in contact. Are you done with the rush, Dan? Or you still got a couple more days to go. No, no, we're finished. We're finished. We finished uh, on Thursday. But you sound yep. dreadful. It kind of hit me, and I don't know. It, it's just been, it's just been aggravating. I, I haven't felt bad, but you know, it's. I, I guess I was expecting it, you know. And when did it yeah. first hit? When did it first hit? Kind of like you had it for a few days. Yeah, it kind of hit on like Wednesday afternoon, and uh, but uh, you know that's just one of the ramifications of working so much. Well, you have a brace beamer voice tonight. Do I really? Is it better than normal? It's 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 lower. You've got this chesty quality about it, like Brace Beamer had. It's good. I sounds bet. good. I bet. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It sounds good. So, are you on? Are you on? Uh, have you applied for hazard pay or anything like that? <laughs> oh no, no, no! Just one of the, just the luck of the draw. You uh -huh. know how that goes. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh, hey, somebody should have. Patricia. I was hey, thinking. what? Hey. <laughs> hey, what? You you do all this work, you know, looking things up. Well, I, I tell you what you need to do. You Charge need to have Alden go out and buy uh, and sell commercials. So while you're doing all this work, he can read a commercial like, you know, this <laughs> is brought to you by Home Depot, you know, or whatever. Whatever would be appropriate. So, he, so he's uh, got to go out and drum up some business for us. I like this. Well, you're doing all the work, you know. You got, you got a lot of dead air there, so you know. We do, huh? <laughs> this is not good. This, this is not good. This, See, this when I'm doing my homework, Walden, you're supposed to be talking. I can't concentrate on both. I don't know when we have dead air. That's your responsibility. You listen to Dan. You well, I, I'm people. pretty convinced, you know, we, there's not lacking of air, dead air around here, so I'm just help directing traffic, and I do it so well. Yes, you do. I know, but think all the money you could bring in. Oh, like, I know. The, the 
or a woman that's been working her I know. He's off her computer there. I know. I, 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 Mor I, Moravian cookies. Well, oh, my goodness. And stuff like that there. Walden, stop like saying I know. I want to hear Dan. He's, he's being very empathetic here. Well, you know, Dan, I'll give you a 10% finder fee, so whatever you bring in the front door, we'll give you 10%. Oh, my goodness. I tell Whoa. you, that, that could be worth it. Yeah, sure. All right, you that perk him up. You're feeling better now, huh? <laughs> this is good. I think the word is empathic, not empathetic. Empathic. Well, empathic is tuned in. Empathetic, I guess, is tuned in to you. Okay, never mind. Well, empathetic, I thought, was uh, being sorry for. No, a, a sympathetic is feeling sorry for. Empathetic is understanding what the other person is going through. Sympathetic is feeling the same thing the other person is feeling. So, and that, so I mean, it sounds now, like a fine line, but there really now, is. Now, so you tell me the second one, you don't care if they're going through all that trouble. No, 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 not at all. You, oh. Of course you care. Empathetic is caring. Sympathetic is saying, oh, I know just what you're going through. I feel the same thing myself. And you want to just slap them upside the head. <laughs> that is that is the true definition of sympathy. So if I look up the, the dictionary, flap aside the head after you read it, after yeah, you say oh, this right. word. That's at the bottom. The, the instructions are at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. No. So empathic. He is being empathic. He understands my dilemma. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I just want to let you know that we're using third grade vocabulary in the show. Just want to let everybody know. Yes, yeah. we, we are. Okay. Third year college. Third year high school? Third year. Third year? Okay. <laughs> Third year. <laughs> Settle for that. So what have you been up to? What is your weather and stuff like that there? We had a bit of rain earlier in the end of the week, and it had been cold. We had some mornings where when I left at 2 in the morning, the exhaust was already on the car. And uh, now it's been up into the 50s and the 60s. And they say we may have some cold weather come Christmas. What is cold Indiana style? Cold Indiana style, this time of year, uh, lows in the teens and 20s and highs in the 30s and 40s. <laughs> well, we're going to have to cross you off our winter list, too. I'm sorry. You're going to so, have to wait for summer for us to start making our rounds. So, Dan, are you on, are you on vacation, list, vacation now? You, you still got to go back to school for a few more days. I go back on the third day of January, I believe. Oh, cool. You've All got time right. off in between. Hooray. Feel better fast. Oh, yes, yes. So, do you have your Christmas shopping done yet? Almost well, I for don't me. do a huge amount, but I've got it all finished. Well, that's good. How about, I know. How about you, Dan? I'm so good. Yeah, you... I've got most of my Christmas shopping done. We're kind of keeping it small this year. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I asked people early, okay, now, what do you want for Christmas? So, and what did they say? Oh, you know, some... They're, they're not too specific, you know, and but I, I just... You know, like to get... So if they say any old thing, then that way you can just get them any old thing, right? Well, my niece, she wanted something I had really never heard of before, um, iTunes cards. Oh, okay. I was thinking about getting that for my brother. Okay, that's good. Yeah, iTunes cards. That's where you, like, buy your mm -hmm. iTunes over the... Yep. Correct. Yeah. I said gift card. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, 
But well, that makes it I would, easy. I would not have picked that myself. No, uh, that's not one that but, would have popped up in my in my mind. Well, you know, teenagers, you know, they get, you know, they stay on top of all this current stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so you have to, what are you buying the iTunes card? You have to buy them online, I'm assuming, right? Uh, you can, you can buy them in, like, you know, at, at our grocery stores, I, Kroger here, Ralph's, you know, uh -huh. uh, I think out in California. Right, right, Ralph. Mm -hmm. You can buy those, you know, just, you know, on one of the uh, end caps. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're pretty easily found. But, uh, you know, it's it's just an easy way where they can buy music, you know. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you, know, that's it. you know, we're keeping things kind of simple. We're going to get together. Yeah. I have a meal and I'm going to cook. And, you know, one of the big things was, uh, you know, asking what people were bringing and so we don't have too much duplication. So I think that's about it. I got a week here of nothing too big, you know. Uh, it's nice to have a couple of weeks, you know, where you're not, um, you know, where you kind of have a mini vacation. I remember yeah, last Especially what? after the kind of time that you've had in the last week or so. Two oh, weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I remember the last one of you, um, Christmas season, you went over to one of the, one of the houses, right? To, uh, then they have like an old-fashioned Christmas or something that people can come visit, or uh, if I'm remembering the details. Yeah, we had our uh, old-fashioned Christmas at the uh, Civil War cabin, yeah. and, and we had about 300 people in three hours, and it was 37 degrees, and we had the uh, Dulcimer Club in there, you know, uh, playing yeah. music, and we had Santa Claus, and we uh, were giving out cookies and hot cider, and, and it was a good turnout. We're going to have that next weekend. Wow. That's a lot of people on a very cold day for a special event like that. Oh, yes, yes, it was. Um, they, uh, it was a nice turnout. We had never done that before. We weren't sure how many people would show up, but uh, it was a, a good turnout. But, uh, you know, it was it was nice where people could walk up there and see, you know, how, how people back in the 1800s lived, and, and it was a real lively event. So what was the most unusual request from a student you got in the last 10 days? Anything unusual? It's, it's such a blur. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It wasn't nothing too unusual. Uh -huh. uh, you know, just pretty much trying to keep no, all that. No student came over and asked you to write their paper for them or anything like that? No, no. We had a few there at the last minute who were doing research, and they were one, one uh, young lady, she... She was just kind of, you know, had the deer in the headlights look, and, you know, she, <laughs> oh, gee. you know, the, the night, you know, 11 o'clock the night before the papers due, she was coming up and wanting research, and, and, you know, I quickly tried to find something and, you know, sent it to her in an email, and, you know, you know at 11 o'clock, paper due at 7 in the morning, it's like, okay. Uh, <laughs> not, so, not likely to be the star performer. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. but you know, I, you know, I, a lot of it's just time management, you know, and, you know, she said, well, I had this do when, you know, had this do at a certain point, and, you know, and I know what's going on, and, you know, my, my big point is just trying to get the information to them that 
to you know tour as quickly as possible. But uh, you know what what can you do? You know you can't expect miracles. So yeah, I found some, I found yeah. some information for her. you know she was doing some research on a on a topic and you know I sent her and you know five or six articles and you know, she was. She was, let me think now, she was wanting the difference in gender between what men hear and what women hear, and, you know, that's kind of an you know, unusual topic, but you know, I found some information, Senator, and, you know, I... I'm okay, you're okay. Well, no, that's yeah. not the book. What's, um, no. what's well, a woman? Uh, what's it? Woman from, what's it? Men? Oh, that men, men, men from Venus. Women from women Mars. Are, men, are from, from, men are from Mars. Women, women are from, from Venus. Venus. Or women, women are from Venus. Men are from, I think it was men first. Um, there was a really great communication book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it dealt, Deborah Tannen, You Just Don't Understand, is the name of the book. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it deals with the differences in communication systems, as, as does men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Um, but you just don't understand men and women in conversation um, is an excellent resource book. A little late for her, though, isn't it? Yeah, a little late. I, I remember <laughs> the authors. So, so the authors who done the research. Uh, the author, one author, his name was Eels E A L S Silversmith, and I forget the third author, but I found their studies and sent her the information. So. Mm-hmm. I think that helped her, but uh, you know. It, no, I you don't. Know, and, and you know, like you're doing your research, you know, just sometimes you have to kind of jump out there and figure out, you know, okay, you know what's been done, figure out, you know, who's done the work, and just kind of lead that path. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I love things yeah. like the Deborah Tannen book because it's in people terms, but always at the end is a fabulous bibliography. Oh, yeah. So you can use this as a jumping-off point. You go to the back of the book, and you've got, ooh, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that's why I tell our students, you know, I said, if you find one good article, look at the end for the references. And then, mm-hmm. you know, that should help you narrow, you know, what where you need to do your research. I, I'm exactly. Just, I guess, you know, all three of us been out of college since the, uh, the Internet Google boom. I wonder if teachers tell kids now, when you start your research, go ahead and look up some things at Google, then go to the library looking for the original documentation. I wonder how they re-streamline the, the process of doing research now. Do they, I mean, how many I do they... I can imagine that. Oh, yeah, how many do they incorporate the Internet as part, as, you know, the first step, not the final step? I think all of them. I, I'm not sure exactly. I know our... Uh, professors, they uh, they tell their students to come see you know us in the library, you know, and right. and then, and you know we I know last semester we had more library instruction classes, you know. I mean we I think we went into about forty five different classrooms over uh, you know, back in the earlier part of the semester. So wow, boy, are they lucky students! Well, you know, they, a lot of our professors tell them, you know, it will be a time saver if you go. And, you know, you can do all this research on your own, but, you know, you're kind of just, you know, 
maybe not making the best of, of your time when you just kind of go off on your own. And, um, you know, and we, we try to steer them in the right direction, you know. And, and, sure. You know, and, and, you know, it's the best use of your time, you know, if you're, you know, just being the most, using the most efficient use of your time. So. Mm-hmm. Well, then, please tell Dan who my favorite people are. Patricia is in deep love and appreciation for... Cookie makers. Besides wow. them. <laughs> she loves librarians. That's her. Lo, those Reference are her, librarians. Those are her top people. She loves. Now, now, I, I have a question. How did Patricia become uh, familiar with libraries? Was that something your parents instilled in you, or did Never. you just stumble into a library Never. one day? Or we didn't have any books. I'm not really sure how I discovered a library. It was probably. In school, like in, we didn't have no. I don't think we had a library. Well, I thought you you found a library when you were six when you were six years old. I thought yeah, that's when yeah, you. Yeah, I did, but I can't remember how I got there or why I got there. I mean, I, I couldn't have gone there by myself. Somebody had to take me. And your and your mom and dad weren't the reading type. They, weren't, they were not readers. No, maybe I went with one of my brothers because they were a lot older, and they might have had to drag me along. That that was probably. Um, the most likely scenario, because I was I was like maybe six or seven, and I got my first library card. And when I graduated in my reading, I started reading adult mysteries, and they wouldn't let me out of the library with adult mysteries until I had a note from my mother. Oh, I've heard that. I've heard that too. Can you imagine? I couldn't take out a Perry Mason. Absolutely. I mean, we. I heard that we had a. Librarian down in Corden for years. Her uh-huh. name was Miss Georgie Fisher, and she was the same way. We had these these uh, people coming in, you know, young people, you know, and oh gosh, if you took out an adult book, you know, uh, you know, I mean, adult by meaning, you know, from the adult section as opposed uh-huh. to the children's section, it was like, oh my goodness. It was I heard, awful. I wasn't no. even allowed to look for books back there until I had a note from my mother. Absolutely. I just find I, that I absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I can see, you know, being older now, I can, you know, see that. And, you know, gosh, you know, we're in such a libelous society now. I, you know, I guess maybe maybe they uh, were covering their own, you know. Uh, Posteriors. Yes. But, um, yeah, I've heard that story very often. My goodness, I mean, when I first started working down at the library, we kept the Elvis books behind the front counter because they were too scandalous. What about you, Dan? When did you fall in love with the library? Was that something you always had appreciation for, even when you were growing up? I mean, when when did, did you knew eventually the library was going to be where you're going to wind up? How did that all fall, fall together? We always had, you know, uh, we always had a newspaper in the house. And my dad would read the newspaper practically every day, and and I think I just went over, you know, one day, and uh, you know, as kids do, and you know, just hang around dad. You know, I think he read the comics to me, and then I kind of got interested in the newspaper. And then during summer vacations from school, mom would take us to the library, and that's why I first met my friend Mrs. Keller, who is still working at the library, and. And, um, you know, just got 
interested in in reading at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was you know one of the cheapest things you could do. You know, once you had your That's library, right. you know, you could take out as many books as you wish. That was economical entertainment as you can get when you go to the library, and there it is. So, would that was your first choice when you went to college it, it to have to study library science? I always I had worked with the school librarians at that point. Mm-hmm. Started helping out the school librarians when I was in elementary school, and then I helped out in the library uh, in junior high and in high school. So. When I graduated from high school, the librarian told me, "Oh, they're needing some, um, they're needing some help down at the public library." So I started working down there in my, you know, once I graduated from high school, and then I was going to college then too. So and then when I went, when I was going to college, I found out that they were offering uh, library science classes, and um, of course those are master level classes yeah. so, you know, um, it just kind of all fell together so by the time I was 23 I was on my way to getting my master's in library science my mom wanted to be a librarian but she gave up looking at the memorization and memorizing the, the code oh really? oh yeah she said that eh, I ain't gonna do that you know that's uh uh, and I don't even know if they even require that today, Dan. Do they have, you guys still work on a master? You still got to memorize the whole system? Do we definitely? You have to know it, but you don't pass the test or anything like that. You uh-huh. know, I mean, uh, you know, you, I mean, you know, with computers today, you just, you know, it, 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 it's not so much, you know, memorizing anything. I mean, you just kind of, you know, after doing research, you just kind of know where the books are. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you are getting a break this next couple of weeks because you really sound like you've got a honey of a cold and you need some recovery time. So that's what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, you know, I'm just, uh, I don't feel that bad. You know, I I've felt worse with other colds, but uh, you know, it just it takes it. Just kind of keep moving. Yeah, it takes it out of you. Yeah, you, you just I, even I, if you don't feel terrible, your body is paying a price. Yeah, I think so, but uh, you know, I've just I've had some things to do, and I um, just, uh, I'm just taking some downtime, and and um, you know, kind of. Fiddling around the house and and uh, oh, I, I slept for about twelve hours last night, which is the first time I've <laughs> slept that long in such a long time. And tonight I had the show on, and I don't know what you did at one point during the night, but you woke me up, <laughs> or whatever. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> it was me, huh? <laughs> it was you? Oh dear. <laughs> don't remember what I did, but it was bad. I have to rewind the tape and figure out what you were doing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it, it, we were on the air, so it couldn't have been something really it's bad. Probably one, of, one, probably one of Patricia and Mike Diggles probably went, well, keep
I'm a po- now, now be quiet. P- your parents are trying to party. sleep. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Please, quiet, please. <laughs> quiet, please. Quiet. That's right. Oh, you're going to do some quite a bit here in the next two weeks, huh? Yep, we're getting geared up. Okay, can you run through the schedule again when sure. you're going to be on? Sure. Here we go. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll be on our uh, Super Saturday, everybody. Just August. Do an easy promo. It's next Saturday with Bill and Mike. They're going to be starting at 10 o'clock Eastern, and they're going to 6. Then Patricia and I will take over our normal time at 10.30. And then Monday, Christmas Eve, will be on twice. Start at 1 o'clock Eastern. I have to find out what time I have Christmas dinner, so we'll figure that out. And then we'll come on at midnight and go look for Santa and the reindeers. We'll... we'll well, Santa has nine or eight reindeers. We'll find out. So, then uh, Christmas night at midnight Eastern. And then the 26th and 27th, that Wednesday, Thursday at midnight Eastern. And then New Year's Eve night uh, at midnight, de- December 31st at midnight. Plus all our normal, our normal time slots. My goodness, that's quite a bit. I'm overwhelmed here. I'd like to cancel oh. my approval, please. Okay, you can do that. Yes. Cancel my order. What are we cutting out? Everything. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not coming out to play that night. That's just the way it is. I know, but are you going to cancel all of them? Of course. Okay. Well. Family, you have just heard it from the other half. She's she's holding out. She hasn't hasn't had enough chocolate chip cookies. Oh, that's good. So email email as many chocolate cookies. Chip cookie to Florida Rider at hotmail.com. Yes, yes. The bigger, that's, that's the bigger, good. the bigger the cookies, the better chance we can have Patricia on the show. So the bigger e- the cookies, the harder she'll fall. fall. So email all cookies <laughs> with a note. Oh, I like the way you think. To yes. Florida Rider at hotmail.com. Yes. Oh, that, that's Florida Rider at hotundertheCollar.com. <laughs> no, just hot. This is good. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Well, okay. I really, I really shouldn't be, but now, what, what is your temperature tonight? If you give me a zip code, I'll tell you what it is right this very minute. I think it's about 100, 100, 100 and, 100.4, I think. Yours is? Probably in the house. No, he's talking about a fever. Yeah, I've got a little small fever. Oh. What's your oh. zip code, Dan? Huh? What? what? What's your zip code? Zip code is four seven one one two. It is probably about thirty five, but I haven't even looked out yet. Oh, we see if your or see if your internal mechanism matches Patricia's computer. Okay, it is fifty four degrees at the moment. Is it really? Wow! I you are going to sixty four degrees today on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Tonight, it will be 51. However, on Monday, you're going to get some rain during the day, which will plummet your nighttime temperatures to 38. And by Thursday, when the next rain happens, you will go down to 26. Ooh, see? No, that's at night. That's at night. During the week, um, for Sunday, it's going to be 64. And then for Monday through Friday, it's going to be 59, 54, 59, 54, 44. So Friday, it'll get... A little nippy. Yes. So but those aren't too bad. Not that bad. We've had worse. 
Yeah. No, that's a, that, that's better than I thought it would be. Yeah. How about Florida? How about it? So you'd be going down to the 50s. Well, let's see. I have to put my zip code in. <laughs> I put everybody else's in, and I took mine out there for, let's see. Dum -dum -dum -dum. Right now, it is 62. Like, it is, hmm? like I said earlier, we've had such a heavy frost here. I mean, these frosts have been like, uh, you know, look like snow. Wow. You mentioned that last week when you called that you the houses looked like they had snow on the roof because there was so much frost. Mm -hmm. I had to go up to uh, Madison, Indiana, which is halfway between here and Cincinnati, mm -hmm. and I took a uh, state highway along the uh, along the uh, river. Uh -huh. And there were a couple spots there um, where apparently the sun this time of year never shines directly on the ground, and you could see where. The frost had not melted a few, for a few days. It was just there, and it wasn't going to let go. Wow. wasn't going to go. So. No. All right. Here are our temperatures for the week. These are the highs. Shall I get a blanket? <laughs> no, I think you'd better get a fan going here. Oh, All right. Gosh. This is Sunday through Friday. Daytime temperatures, 81, 82, 81, 82, 81. 68. Something happened here. We're going to get stuff from the north. The only time we get a sharp temperature change is when the wind currents change. Probably a couple of days after we get our sharp, sharp drop in temperature. Yeah, we'll, we'll get kind of pushed out for that. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big difference. Well, I think it is anyway. Like spring planting season here. I know. For you, it would be, you know, let's go to the beach today. Absolutely. So are you yeah. gardening these days? Are you looking for tomatoes in the backyard? No. Well, see, I don't have a yard. I've only got this little patio type thing, and I didn't plant anything this year. Can you put a few barrels out back, you know, half barrels, where you can garden on your patio? Yeah, well, I'm, I've sort of tried. I've got a big container out there that I'm using for mulch. Not not mulch, um, like compost. Okay. And I keep turning it, you know, so I'll put my kitchen scraps in it and stuff. So the dirt is really good. Yeah. And you, but you have to use it for something in order for things to grow. So mm -hmm. I, I need to uh, I need to think about that. It's too, it, it's too far into winter right now to really plant anything. I would have to wait until probably January. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe the first I, I never of February. really understood when, you know, uh, when... Crops were put out in Florida, you know, when... In the crops actually go out. The first tomatoes are picked usually, let me think. Or picked or planted? Picked. Okay. So I'm, I'm thinking what that would be like six or eight weeks after planting. Does that sound well, right? Well, more like, more like 90 days, I would say. Oh. Oh, that's a long time. Okay, so they do they do a second planting. Um, I believe it's in January. So we get mm -hmm. two tomato crops each year, and they harvest in December, November and December, and then they plant again in January and harvest from there. So that's the only thing that we get two crops out of. But for things like melons that are very cold sensitive, we get them later in the year, like June. 
But mm-hmm. when you get to July and August, it's it's just too brutally hot to plant anything and have anything grow. Mm-hmm. So September and October are planting times, mm-hmm. which is kind of backwards for you. Oh yeah, yeah. It really is, and not kind of. It is backwards. Yeah, we're we're lucky if we can put out tomatoes before the mid part of May. I mean, mm. I mean, our last, you know, our first frost-free day would be, I think, May seventeenth. But there are people who try to put tomatoes out, you know, by by the first of May. Mm, that's t- that's touching. So you're just gearing up to put stuff in the ground, and they're doing a final harvest on tomatoes when you're ready to plant them. Yes, yes. Oh, we still get watermelon. Yes. Oh. oh, gosh, we get watermelon in the summer. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Good stuff. Oh, good stuff. Okay. Well, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Are, are you in the market for a question, or you just want to go and wait until next week? Oh, I think I will just go. It's getting on to 6 o'clock here. It's 13 minutes till 6. Eastern time. I mean, that doesn't mean anything to Walden. No. He's on the no, California time. But, <laughs> but Patricia, who's been doing all the research all night, she's probably just, her eyelids are droopy. Well, having you broke th- my eyes. Ha- yeah. Having 13 cups of coffee helps her out. It's true. I'm on my probably seventh. <laughs> it really does help. You're right. I, I felt this cold coming on. Oh earlier in the week, and that was the night that the uh, the uh, Student Government Association brought around hot chocolate and donuts. Oh. I, I think I drank about 13 cups of hot chocolate trying to tickle out of my throat, mm-hmm. and it helped. It, made me, it helped me get through that evening, but... Uh, you had such you know, a tummy ache, you didn't bother about your throat anymore. Do what now? I said you probably had such a tummy ache that you couldn't feel your throat anymore. No, I I didn't have any adverse effects or anything like that. But I sure I hadn't. I've never been a huge fan of hot drinks, but mm-hmm. I got I tell you that cho- hot chocolate just hit the spot. I remember you said no hot drinks. That's right. Even in the winter time, you you drink cold stuff. Boy, I'm glad somebody introduced you to one of the finer things in life. Well, you know, I just don't get sick that often, and and I felt this coming on in my throat. I thought, you know, that hot chocolate that just might might be a cure right there so and it probably did help me get through the final evenings of late night yeah. work yeah but um, you know it's like uh you know sometimes you gotta have some downtime so that's what i'm doing right now well you have to feel better so you can enjoy your downtime oh yes yes that's right that's right i'm just glad it's now and not when i was needed at work so you know, it's like, okay, I have the option to be sick right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Most people would look uh, at it the other way around. They would, it'd be a bummer for them to be sick on their vacation. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, what have I got to do now other than be sick, you know? Yeah. It is a bummer. Right. And and I can hear oh. it. I mean, you really have a nice voice, but, gee whiz, it's like Kurt, poor Kurt out in California had a terrible cold several months ago. My gosh, his voice was terrific. There's got to be a lesser painful way to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I'll just have to see what can be done about that. <laughs> well, that really sounds good to me. Well, that's good. I'll have to 
Take it down. Oh, give a <laughs> <laughs> Too much. All right. Take you care, have a Dan. good week, Dan, and do feel better. I will. You all have a good week, and yeah. I will see you hopefully next week. Sounds great. Great. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're doing well tonight. Yes, we are. We didn't get to your questions. Do you I want to know. save them for next week, or are you going to let me give them to you? I'm going to let you give them to me. You know, it wouldn't be a show without, without questions. Okay, well, we've got the morning shift coming on now, so we and, got somebody and, and, you know, and I took a nap between 2 and 5 o'clock this afternoon, so I'm good. Okay, would you check periodically, because I'm, I've just heard a couple of passing echoes, and that's usually a precursor to saying, Patricia, you're not on the line anymore. Huh. Yeah, okay, it, so it here is. we go. Are you ready? Yes. Which one would you like first? We've got Stump Walden, your brain teaser. Your presidential quote, which I love tonight, your presidential question, and your baseball question. Let's go with the Stump Walden right off the bat. Ooh, we're just going to hop right in. Uh Okay. This is the first half of the opening to a juvenile western. This is a quote. To friends and neighbors alike, Steve Adams appeared to be nothing more than the young owner of Broken Arrow Cattle Spread. But when danger threatened innocent people... And when evildoers plotted against justice, Steve Adams disappeared. What happened when Steve Adams disappeared? Uh, he, he goes into a cave and he changes into his outfit and he becomes straight arrow after he shoots the little a, the bow and arrow onto the target. Oh, does he go a boing? Boing. They, do they do a boing? Yep. How then cool then you then that? you hear the music. Then you hear the music. You know, they, uh-huh. they pull it, and then you hear the music. You know, like yeah. right. And then boom, and then straight arrow. Well, I think it's pretty interesting that they had the broken arrow cattle spread, yep. and it was I think in the valley of bow arrow, and he was straight. Arrow. Yep. An awful lot of arrows in that show. Now, and question. he was half Indian too. You know, it's an interesting. Uh, he was a what? Half Indian Comanche. Well, according or according to this, he was a white man and right. he was raised by the Comanche. Okay, there was some combination like that. Yeah, and so I thought that was kind of interesting because um, the Comanches in uh, Western times were uh, frequently a conflict with the with the white people. And Nabisco with the sponsor, and uh-huh. you get oh, and the announcer always had did a commercial in an Indian tom tom. Nabisco tried to wheat boom 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 boom, and just did everything in rhyme. Really? Yeah. Well, At the beginning. Yeah. Ooh, how would you like a job like that? Okay, it's drum time. I get to play the drum. Boom, 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 boom. Good. Yeah. Now, I have a question for you. If I had not used the name Broken Arrow Cattle Spread. Would you have recognized that opening? I recognized it right away. It, that didn't that didn't seem to trigger it. Okay. The 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 character name, and, and you know, there were so many red flags. So you for had me. little te- you had teasers all the way. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, see, you knew your stuff. Uh, you taught me well. You never disappoint me. Wow. Uh, okay. What would you like next? My baseball yes, question. The baseball question? Uh-huh. Boy, you're really going for the hard stuff. I'm tonight. going All for right, the toughies, me, yeah. 
let me let me just mark this as having been used. Take so we do me out to the ball game. Boing. Okay, Take here we go. Me ball game. What is the minimum height required for a player to qualify to play in the major leagues? Well, let's see. I didn't know the white size one, but let's see here. I sneeze. Yep. Um. I would say probably at least five four now. What? I didn't know you. If there was even a minimum height. There isn't. I didn't think so. With Eddie you did Goodell. Not. You did good. Yeah. No, there is, there is not a yeah. minimum. I thought that was a good trick Very question. Very good question. Well, I, I, I came across that, mm-hmm. and it, it's my favorite baseball place that I look for information. Right. It's from, uh, I think it's North Carolina University. Okay. It's one of the universities. Right. So I I'm, I'm have reasonably good faith that it's okay. Oh, yeah. And I came across height requirement. And it said there isn't any height requirement. And I thought, well, this is reminiscent of Bill Zeck, mm-hmm. the, the one who put the mention in. And I think uh, he was two, three, four, he wasn't he three, six or four something? Three, 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 eight. I don't, I don't even think he got to three, six. He mm. was really small, yeah. really small person. And of course, you know, what did, what did they say? A one and a half inch. And the umpire and the cash were laughing or whatever. Yeah, just... yeah, one and a half inch strike zone. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously he got a walk. But I thought, isn't this interesting? I came across minimum height requirement none in the wake of Bill Zach, and I thought that might so that would be interesting. That might shake you up a little it's bit. It's in the playoff. If, they, if, the, if the team decided to run out, all make a team in there. There's a picture to never get anybody out. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I thought somewhere along the line, because Bill Vec had made so many people really upset mm-hmm. by putting this player in just to get him on base, and I'm, I'm yeah. just explaining, because uh, not everybody heard the answer to that. We were talking about the shortest person Eddie, ever to play Ed, in the major league. It was Eddie Goodell, everybody, if you looking for a name. Yeah. And he, Bill Vec, the team manager, put this player in or he put him in as a player and put him up to bat and of course with one and a half inch strike zone there isn't any pitcher I don't care who it is who could do that without having enough balls in there to walk the guy so he walked to first base and you know the commission everybody was up in arms but it was legal and I thought in the wake of that that they might have put in a minimum requirement Yep, well, they didn't. But they didn't. They didn't. There uh, is no minimum height required. But I don't even know where they would start. Where would you start? So we got somebody who's out there at 4'11", and he's hitting balls over the fence. Yeah. Why would you restrict him? So yeah. I don't know where you would start. Well, I get the one. Something over three and a half feet. <laughs> <laughs> They would look at. They probably would look at the strike zone. You know, the strike zone makes it from the top of your knee up to your armpit. Uh huh. And so, as long as that was a big enough area, then that's what they they would be caring about. Yeah. So it does that. Well, of course, it must change. If a batter crouches, as so many of them do, mm-hmm. you know, they kind of right. hunker down and right. and pull in. That reduces the size of their strike zone. Yep. So if you can hit from the knees, you're in good shape. You're in great shape. How about that? Yeah. I never thought about that yep. before. 
But that's the, um, that's the rule of thumb. Boy, that'd make an umpire a wreck, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Hmm. Okay, so we got and three then, left. And then remember, the strike zone also includes the, the plate. The, you know, the bar, yeah, the plate. And, sure, that's only 18, and that's only 18 inches wide. So you have to get it over the plate. Yep. Corner is okay. Yep. Within the strike zone yep. of the batter. Batter. And... And that's from his the neat catcher top. had better grab it yep. because the guy can run to first. That's if right. It's a bounced ball. Oh, you're so smart. Oh man! And if that's only assuming that he can get to first before the catcher recovers. That's true. And how far first base from home plate? Ooh, ninety feet. Oh, you're good. Is that true? That's right. Oh man, I am not talking. And, and how is first point? How far first first base to second base? Oh my goodness. I would say 90 feet. Oh, you're good. Oh, you're gosh, good. It's a square. It's a diamond. Of course, they would all have to. They would all. Oh, duh. So, that was a trick question. Well, wasn't it? I'm just trying to make sure you were up on your toes. That was a trick question. That's my job to give trick I questions. I know. The one the I forget. The, the one. Because occasionally you'll see people want you to give the distance between home plate to second base. Straight, you know, straight across. And I figure it's right. I forget what it is. I think it's like oh, 100. Oh, the hypotenuse yeah. of, a, oh my goodness. And I think this it's 120. A, this is a rhomboid we're talking about, really. Yeah. Not even a diamond. And I think it's 127 and a half or some, some, some number like that. It's what that distance is. Well, I have forgotten how to calculate a hypotenuse, so I'm really uh, happy to well, you know. Well, a, a squared plus B squared equals C squared. So that's, that's how you would do it. All right. Well, that's... That's okay. So, What's A? Well, it could be ninety feet. Mhm. So it'd be from from uh, home to first, and B from first to second. Mm, but you no, you're talking area. Mhm. If you're if you're squaring, if you're squaring numbers, you're talking area, and we're we're looking for distance, right? Oh, I think that would give us distance, because you know, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Well, if we squared 90 feet, mm -hmm. then, out, then what we do is take the radical of that to give you the actual feet. I think we need to discuss this. Oh, My right. brain died. Okay. We'll put, we'll put the brain back to, in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just for tonight. All right. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, it's not working very well. <laughs> okay. It works perfectly for writing so. <laughs> for right now, it's it's adequate. I think we'll just settle it adequate. I think okay. it's perfect. All right. Aw, thank you. It is. Thank you. And I know better than anybody else in the whole wide world. Yeah. When my brain poops, Walden knows it first. I do. You okay. do. Okay. Yeah, you do. I do. Okay. All right. Here we go. You want a brain teaser? Your presidential quote or your presidential question? Oh, okay. you're hot tonight. Ooh, ooh, I'm I'm cooking. I'm cooking with gas. Let's see here. Yeah. Let's see here. We're gonna go with the brain teaser. A brain teaser. Mm -hmm. A man says his dog can jump over his house and no one believes him, but it turns out he's right. How is that possible? Okay. See, read that again. I missed that. A man talking to you, says his dog can jump over his house, but no one believes him. However, it turns out that he's right. How is that possible? His dog is underdog. 
Oh, you are hot tonight. The answer is no, but you're hot. That's good. Underdog is here. Have no fear. Underdog is here. No, it is not underdog. That's very good. Gee whiz. And it's not Mighty Mouse either. Okay. Um, <laughs> good. That was good. Uh, underdog? However, did you come up with underdog? I don't know. Kind of used to watch that. He's the only. He's the only dog who flies, though, isn't he? Underdog. Underdog. Yes, he, was, he was meek and mild. What was he in real life? I don't remember. I mean, this is Clark Kent in a dog. Yeah, I. I don't remember. I. I just remember the opening. You know where he they sing the song and the buildings are shaking. That's sort of what I remember. Underdog. Yeah. And then when when the sweet little Belle got into trouble, mm-hmm. the line was, have no fear, underdog, underdog is here. here. Yep, I remember that. Boom! And he would change into a super dog, <laughs> mighty dog. I see here. So read it one super, more time, my dear. Superman with long ears. What? Yeah, read it one more time. May he sing the song, have your ears sing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, we've come full circle here. <laughs> and we're back at the beginning. Start again. Okay, a man is talking to you and he tells you that his dog can jump over his house, but no one believes him. However, turns out that he's right. He's How prob- is that possible? I guess he can jump over his dog house. That's exactly the answer. Uh, Boy, I said you are hot tonight. That's right. Yeah. It is an imperfect modifier, not a modifier, a pronoun. Mm-hmm. We're, we're tossing a pronoun in here. And it says the dog, his dog can mm-hmm. jump over his, his house, house. And we're not really sure what the second his belongs to. But it belongs to the dog. That is grammatically correct. The uh, dog can jump over his house. Perfect. You did good. Perfect boo Wow. Three for three so far. Well, I've got to get you on one of these. Okay, then we're going to do the presidential question because you said the quote you love. So we'll save the oh, gosh, quote for last. Quote. We'll it's save the quote. quote for last. Okay. Okay, this one is really serious. 58 presidential historians ranked this president fifth. Now, this is in, mm-hmm. in you know, yeah. impact yeah. in history. Yeah. Ahead of him, before ahead of him, in order, Lincoln, FDR, Washington, and Theodore Roosevelt. Yep. Who is the fifth? Okay. I, I've gone, I've read stuff on this. Let me give it a, let me take a guess. Let me, th- let me think about this. Sure. Um, let's see here. We are asking a very important presidential question mm-hmm. here. I think it's important. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is a nice piece of fun information, but it's really serious. When 58 historians, this was a C-SPAN poll. Well, that's I mean, it wasn't good. somebody standing. Yeah, it wasn't somebody standing on a corner writing down names. Uh, they were 58 president. These are presidential historians, yep. not even just historians. So, I think it carries a fair amount of weight. I I know. Oh, um. And I wonder when they to cut off. They, I mean, I imagine they haven't gone up to Reagan. It's probably a certain cut Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. It was uh, the poll was done in 2000, the year 2000. Well, I know historically he's been ranked high, but I don't think a lot of it uh, have him as high. But I would say it's probably Woodrow Wilson. Hello there. You're on the air. 
Hi guys, it's Edwin from Chicago. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well, and you? Good, you haven't left? You're still, you're still, you're still home. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you're in the middle of a heat wave, right? Something above 26? Oh, I think it, I think it got to like 47 and sunshine yesterday, which... Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> oh, 47. <laughs> and you, you have some lake wind. Does that, does that, um, an all winter long thing for you? No, actually, I believe Chicago's probably, if I remember correctly, it's probably the 27th windiest, uh, cities in the world. Mm-hmm. Really? So I was I was thinking about wind coming off the lake. Is it, the wind coming from that direction? Is that a winter long thing for you, or does your wind change direction frequently and give oh, you a break? It does. It changes very frequently. Yes, yes. And okay. uh, during uh, the World Fair, I believe it was eighteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of politicians coming through Chicago because Chicago is the middle of the country. And that's where the expression uh, derived, uh, uh, the Windy City. It was actually a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never knew me. that. I never knew that. That's a great one. Yeah, I, knew it had a, I knew it had a great story. I wasn't, I, I didn't know exactly what it was. That's great. I was I like going that. to tell you that Underdog was a shoeshine boy. Oh, that's right! Oh, the mild little shoe shine boy. Oh, he couldn't work. He couldn't work at a newspaper, so he had to shine shoes. Yeah, I remember that now. Now, what did oh. another one you you mentioned? Was bringing back memory to is Mighty Mouse. What did he do? Mighty Mouse flew too. He, I don't know what he was, and I think he was Mighty Mouse all the time. You know, he would think all the time. Okay. I don't know. Let me see. Oh, here we go now, again. Now, I do know that the underdog's girlfriend. Was a reporter, Polly Purebred. He worked for the newspaper. Oh, I thought Polly Purebred was like with Dudley Do. Oh no, that was Sweet Now. Well, you know, you know, we can have the if we want, Patricia. We can have the creative underdog on the show. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. He's written a book. He's written some books for Bear Man and Media. On the history of underdogs. So we can always have the creator on the show. No kidding. Yeah. But I have no clue what Mighty Dog did. Oh, Mighty Mouse, you mean? Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's what I'm looking for right now. Mighty Mouse. Okay. Oh. It's well, Mighty Mouse. Mighty, uh, Mighty Dog? I'm trying Mighty to, Mouse. Mighty Mouse. The, the little squeaker. I'm trying, oh, okay. I'm trying to remember what, if Mighty Mouse had a, a, a theme music. I can't remember if it did. Well, we've got YouTube next. Dude. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. Okay, Mighty Mouse, uh, anthropomorphic superhero. We knew that mouse character created by the Terry Tunes. The character first made its appearance in 1942, originally named Super Mouse. Hmm. Subsequently appeared in 80 films. How about that? All right. Let's see. Do 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 do. Mighty Mouse also appeared. Let's see. What is he? What is? It? Okay. The character was originally conceived. Da da da. Original name of Super Mouse. Mighty Mouse was first drawn. Uh, what did he do? What did he do? What did he do? What did he do? Mighty Mouse's superpowers. Hmm. Doesn't say that he did anything other than being a Mighty Mouse. A Mighty Mouse. Yeah, oh. I wonder if he was related to Mickey Mouse. 
Oh, no. Mickey doesn't fly. Uh-uh. I don't he think he's there on the ground making these funny noises. <laughs> come here. Oh, I, here I come yeah. to save the day. Mighty Mouse is on his way. That's it. That's it. I, I just saw it here. <laughs> I read it. I'm, um, the Sing my, and Does several. it look like he's Mighty Mouse all the time? Well, that's what I'm looking for. Okay. The narrator will say, what a mouse. What a mouse. <laughs> Portrayed the mouse as a ruthless fighter. One of his most frequent tactics was to fly under the chin of an enemy. I haven't found anything like a cute little shoeshine boy anywhere. Hmm. Let's see if I can find another site. Sometimes people who submit things to Wikipedia make assumptions that everybody, seriously, and I don't mean this as a criticism, but when you're talking with something so familiar, sometimes you leave out little bits of information that you just kind of assume everybody knows and we don't. So, all right, Mighty Mouse. Mighty, oh, did you know that there is a Mighty Mouse? Mouse Mouse? Computer Mouse? Amazon. <laughs> New Adventure. Mighty Mouse. T-shirt poster. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse. Hmm. Mighty Mouse cartoon. We'll try that. Mighty Mouse. Looks like wikis. Download. Mighty Mouse cartoon. Oh, free dictionary. Okay. Let's see. I thought it would be good. Boy, oh boy, this is so good. We have gone from... We didn't have Yogi Bear tonight. We missed one. Yogi Bear. Boop, boop, boop. Oh, okay. I want my picnic bucket. It, <laughs> my picnic basket. <laughs> We're going on a picnic boo-boo. Yep, boo-boo. Um, it says, Mighty Mouse, a fictional mouse endowed with great strength and courage. Let's see if there's anything underneath here. Mighty Mouse. Uh, nothing. Lady walking a dog. Hmm. I wanted to thank you for the cinnamon bear. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad you were able to retrieve it. I, I did my, I'm doing my homework from last week. I'm halfway through it, and so far there's nothing about chocolate in it. Oh, uh, gosh. Well, no, nothing about chocolate. Was, no, cho no chocolate. But, yeah, we talked, we were talking yep. about that last week. Uh-huh. Uh, 13 episodes down, 13 to go. Yep. I think I'm on 14. Okay. All right. Well, we, we, we expect you to sing all the songs next week, too. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can be the crazy quote dragon. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. You notice he didn't even blink? I noticed that. He's ready. Shoo-wee, yeah, you're know. brave. Yeah, I know. I think he's sitting there saying, in yeah, your right. dream. <laughs> in your dreams. All right. We'll get have Ivan do it. I'm singing, boys. Um, Polly Purebred was Mighty Mouse's. Underdog's girlfriend. Well, it says um, it says here that he also had a fine singing voice and often cruised, crooned his way through his adventures, rescuing his girlfriend, oh, Pearl Purebred. Oh, good grief. Hold on. It's Pearl Pure Heart. <laughs> Give me a break. That's how okay. like a, uh, a little bit spin off of Tattoo Heart, huh? Just a little bit of a lot of stuff here. <laughs> All right, now I want one of you to say this very quickly. Pearl, pure heart. Pearl, pure heart. heart. 
Pure, it doesn't pure come heart. out nice and rolling like honey pure bread. Pure, pure, oh, pure heart. Pearl, pure heart. Pearl, My tongue has a problem heart. with pearl heart. Okay, now here is, he's going to save her from the clutches of which character? Flat top. No, that's Dick Tracy. <laughs> My dear. Edwin? Probably a cat. Art enemy from the clutches of Oil Can Harry. <laughs> I do not know that character, but I'm with you. It's probably a cat. Oil Can Harry. All right, Mighty Mouse. Oil Can Harry. Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse is on his way. Pearl is a soprano. Mighty Mouse, okay. Now, I know, I remember that underdog was always protecting Sally Purebred from Simon Sinister. <laughs> Good grief. Oh, my goodness. And an evil villain cat named Oil Can Harry. All right. Oh, okay. Very good. I guess with a mouse would be unlikely to have a dog as an enemy, wouldn't it? Yeah, Tom and Jerry, I agree. Yeah. Pearl is a soprano, and Oil Can Harry is a bass baritone. Here I come to save the day. It's a singing opera. Mighty Mouse Mouse is on his way. All these superheroes. This is good. Everybody is a spinoff of Superman. (laughs) Uh, Seriously, even one of the things said it's another one that spun off Superman. Dear me. That poor man. Okay. Well, here we are. What else? Don't everybody speak at once. (laughs) Uh, I guess that's it. Oh, no, it is not. How have you been and what were you doing this week? I've I've been doing very well. been doing very well, just uh, staying busy. And uh, uh, something that just came to mind is, uh, can you guys think of any super uh, girl heroes? A super girl? Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Oh, that's okay. Okay. And the Bionic Woman. Yeah. I was referring to cartoons. Oh, 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 Wonder Woman finally made it into cartoons. Oh, she did? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, okay, okay. And, not Catgirl, um, Batgirl in Batman. Oh, true, true, that's right, that's right. How am I doing? You're doing well. I'm doing really well here. Oh, let me think. You can tell where my mentality is. (laughs) I see a cartoon and This is is why Patricia went to college to learn about (laughs) superheroes. Right. This is entertainment. This is really serious business now. I was doing research. Well, now that I think about it, I I, I do remember a cartoon uh, that was titled Josie and the Pussycats, and I think they were superheroes. I don't remember much about them. Oh, and, and there's one that I have crossed over, the Powder Puffs. Is it? Oh, right, right, exactly. Powder Puffs are, are mighty girls. Um, hmm. Well, we're doing very well here, aren't I? You're doing good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got the sillies. Um, <laughs> hmm. Well, I suppose I could type it in, couldn't I? Well, uh, um, now that you mention it, uh, why not? A lot more than I did. 
Why not? All right, hold on. Superheroes, women, girls, cartoons, females. Hold on. My poor computer is just saying, oh, please, not now. <laughs> oh, no more. And you know, when, a, when a laptop gets warm, it gets kind of slow. Uh-huh. All righty, let's see. List of superheroes. This is good. See? This is what the um, internet was all made. This is why the internet was made. Plus Wikipedia. Yeah. All right. Oh, they've got other things, too. Uh-huh. I mean, Moko Akatsumi. We do not need to know. Uh-uh. Amber Andromeda. Um, Angela... I don't think this is one that we... This is international. Uh-huh. This is not an easy deal. Uh-huh. Mm. American superheroes. Wonder Woman. Cartoon characters. Cartoon superheroes. Wonder Woman. Um, female superheroes. I don't know if that's... I just want to go through a couple of titles here. <laughs> the five most ridiculous... The five most ridiculously sexist superhero costumes. <laughs> I assume that these are girls in skimpies. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The worst and least awful female superhero movies. Not quite what we want. No. Okay, let's see. Female superheroes. Ten top cartoon superheroes. Let's see how many women are on that list. Hmm. Hmm. Just a little slow. I kind of like Batgirl, you know? All right. The Flash. Do you know who The Flash is? Nope. Never heard. You do? Yes. No kidding. The Flash's super speed, super reflexes, and ability to violate some of the laws of physics make him a great superhero, but his wicked red and gold suit secures him in our top ten. That's number ten. The Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, um, and also one of the, he has, all right, that's a man, the Incredible Hulk. Um, hmm. I don't know the Incredible Hawk would be considered a superhero. I, I wouldn't think so. He was a pretty angry dude. Yeah, he was. <clears throat> hmm. No? Have you noticed how many uh, superheroes happen to be reporters? Because David Banner was a reporter in Hawk. So was uh, the Green Hornet. So was Superman. You know, that's an interesting observation. A reporter... Wasn't was Peter, a uh, Spider-Man uh, reporter? Uh, Peter Parker. Um, I think he was, yeah. Gee, I, I, uh, probably. Yeah, I that he got bit by but it, spider. it was interesting yeah. because as a vehicle, that put the character in any number of locations, and he got there legitimately. He just All didn't right. appear. So, gosh, I hadn't even thought about that until you just said it. Yeah. 
Okay, the thing. Do you know what the thing is? Oh, here I saw. No. No. Exactly. It doesn't exactly blend into the crowd. He's got a boulder-like body, which made him look more like a villain than a, a superhero. He had a heart of gold. The thing. The thing. I had when no I think idea. About the thing, I come up with the arch boulder uh, story with the old lady in a in the house, and the thing comes out of the closet and turns people inside out. I don't know that one. I think I'm glad. (laughs) Oh, what an awful thing. How did it wind up? Uh, Inside out. Yeah, a couple... couple, (laughs) I asked for that, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah. A couple of uh, ambulance guys went in there and they got inside out, too. That's the way to show in. Exactly. A policeman and a doctor. Mm Mm-hmm. And they got inside out. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, dear. I don't even want to know. All right, Superman is the number one. We only had the one woman on there, Wonder Woman. Well, she's special. Well, she really is, but... Yeah. Well, we came up with more than they did. That's true. Mm-hmm. We did good. Mm. Top ten superheroes we need to go back to... Oh, don't you love this? Let's see. The Incredible Hulk. (laughs) Marvel Universe Wiki. Women of the Marvel Universe. Marvel, I guess, would mean Marvel Comics? Yep. Was it owned by Disney? Marvel.com. All right. This is good. Let's see. Bunny rabbit. Bunny rabbit. Oh, don't tell me. Okay. All right. Oh, my goodness. Don't they look ferocious. Lady Killers. Bling. Dark Mother. Oh, this is another list of 12,000 people we don't even recognize, <laughs> and I'm only up to the Gs. I mean, really. Yeah. Do you know Sienna Blaze? Nope. Do you know a character named Blindfold? Nope. Do you know one that is Forrest, Lee Forrester? Uh, Leroy. No, this one is just... Plain Lee. Okay. Um, Ember, nope. like a flame. Mm-hmm. I can't pronounce some. And see if I can come up with any additional names. You do read. Oh, Oh, wait a minute. Female gallery future greetings and superheroes gallery. Ah, this is good. Okay, let's see here. As I was growing up, superheroes were all about men saving the world. I have no problem with that. But as a woman, I really wanted the woman to save the world ever so often. Well, there are 507 pictures, this says, spread over 26 pages. This says, and I don't think right now we need to go through 26 pages. <laughs> I really don't. So let's see what's on page one. I'm such a good spore here. My goodness, would you look at this? Oh, Wonder Woman is number one. All right, it looks like everybody has a separate page. Let's see who's on 26. 26 is Electra. Do you know who Electra is? All spelled with K's here. 
Nobody heard of Elector. Uh, I didn't either. That rings a bell, but I don't know. I don't know why, but it does ring well, a bell. I think Elector was out of mythology somewhere. Um, first Slayer. What an ugly beast. Yuck. And she's a girl? Oh, uh, supposed to be. Looks like she kind of morphs into a whole bunch of creatures. Oh. Dear me. Listen, when you change your appearance, you shouldn't look like something that makes even yeah. Alice Karloff scream. Basically, if her plastic surgery didn't turn out too well. Kendra. Looks like she should be sent to grammar school. <laughs> mm, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah. Is that a hero? Or heroine, rather? I know the name. I don't know why. So I guess a current deal. But that wasn't uh-huh. a... I don't remember it. That's either. not a cartoon. You're right. That was a... And these are all real people. This is not... Oh, wait a minute. This looks like a cartoon. Beauty, intelligence, what? Yes. Rogue. Hmm. Don't know what Rogue is. Rogue is a female somewhere. Um, Sailor Chibi Moon. Honest to goodness, that's her name. Sailor Chibi Moon. 23. She's got the word, the, the, the number's 23. Sailor Venus. Sailor Chibi Moon again. Oh, no, those are cartoon characters. However, you know, they've got the enormous eyes and features that are part of the imported cartoons that come from Japan. So I'm not having very much luck here. Sailor Jupiter. There must be an entire series of girls with the name Sailor in the beginning. Sailor Mercury. I think I'm going wasn't to hop that, a little bit. Uh, wasn't that Humphrey Bogart's girlfriend in, uh, in old-time radio? Uh-huh, uh, on um, Bold Adventure. That's where he named uh, his gal named Sailor. You're right. Yeah. Oh. Bold Adventure. Yeah. Did he just dub her with that nickname? Yeah. So. Say you are. Okay. Yeah. Shayra. Oh, I don't think so. Frosta. We're not having very good fun here. No. I'm I'm going every other one. No. These are either out of our league or out of the country. I'm not sure which. (laughs) I would vote for out of the country. Boy, these, these women are. And these are cartoon characters. That girl, okay, we're into the big time here. That girl finally made it. And? And wasn't that girl Commissioner Gordon's daughter? Yes, very good. And I can't read, Diane, was that her name? I don't remember that. Hmm. Well, I think we're going to have only that girl and Wonder Woman to work with here. Batgirl and Wonder Woman, unless you know who Hawk Girl is. Dear me. I never did either. Okay, we want Batgirl. Commissioner Barbara. Does that sound right? Oh, okay. That sounds right. Yeah, Barbara. Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Yeah, well, we did really well. I I think we should be 
gold star things for today. Yep, we did well. We did well. Barbara Gordon. Barbara is kind of an unusual name for a hero character. But then, of course, Clark Kent is as well. They had to keep a low profile. So, Well, so much for the analysis. Okay, why did we ask that question? Why did you ask that question? That was Edwin's question. Which, which question? The question that I was just researching about superhero women. Oh, it just, it just crossed my mind because, uh, as you folks were talking about well, it. And Patrice... Patrice said it's a good reference by billion. Oh, that's right. We started with Underdog and we wound up with Wonder Woman. Yeah. This is good. You know? We certainly do take some side trips here, don't we? I wonder, I wonder if Underdog had a name. I don't remember him ever having a name. The mild-mannered shoeshine boy. <laughs> well, let's see. <laughs> underdog. to the rescue. Here I come to save the day. Mighty Mouse. Okay. Underdog TV series. Underdog. Participant in a fight. Now, let's see what Wiki says. NBC Network. Um, animated. Um, underdog Shoeshine Boy. Sweet Polly Purebred. Simon Bar Sinister. Oh, Wally Cox was underdog. History. Tennessee Tuxedo. Syndicated. That doesn't say anything about a name. Oh, wait a minute. Let's see. I'm just Shoeshine Boy. <laughs> oh, the, the, the premise was that humble and lovable shoeshine boy. That's how he was defined. Humble and lovable shoeshine boy. We have one on Saturday night. We have humble and lovable Walden. Uh, in truth, the superhero was underdog. Looks like he, he just had the humble and lovable shoeshine boy. Shoeshine boy was his name. Okay. I don't remember him uh, because years since since I saw that cartoon, but I kind of remember he used to bite coins. He used to buy what? He used to bite coins. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I don't, I don't remember why he did that, but I kind of remember that being one of I can his tell characteristics. You, I can... He would bite coins. It goes back to pirate days. Because net, uh, gold coins are made of gold as a softer metal than silver. Ah, and they used, okay. to, they used to bite the gold coins when a pirate was paid or picked up a piece of gold from somebody. He would bite on the coin to make sure that it was not hard like silver and just coated in gold. That yeah. it was actually a solid gold piece that he was putting in his pocket. Are you impressed? I am. Oh, gee. You know, so anyway, that's why... That's why people used to go through the mechanics of biting. It, it, essentially, I guess it was insulting. I'm going to see if you gave me the right thing. It's not uh -huh. like a counterfeit coin. All right. Yeah. So. That's interesting. So it really does have a solid root. Okay. And with yes. that, I'll let you folks go now that I got educated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you educated us. I'm just not going to do any more homework, huh? Uh -huh. Alrighty, then we'll talk next week. 
Edwin. Thank you so much. Oh, wait, Edwin, Edwin. Are you there? Are you there? We need a vote. We need a vote on a show. Now, you, you nominated Family Theater. I'm assuming that is one vote. Is there anything else on the list that you, because we've got five slots to fill. Suspense, Radio City Playhouse, Fibber McGee, Philip Marlowe, Detective, Ozzie and Harriet, Inner Sanctum, Gunsmoke, Edgar Bergen, Red Skelton, Six Shooter, Vic and Sage, Life with Luigi, Family Theater, Mercury Theater, and a really awful show. What should make the next round? Oh, and Amos and Andy. Yeah. I, I you, like Amos you, and Andy a lot. Okay. Well, I would vote we'll, for that one. Okay. We'll do one extra vote. Okay. I do like that one. Okay. Um, I do, but I do agree that one of those days should be uh, more awful, awful shows. I can get see Bill getting on. Really? I can see. I, I, I can see Bill just getting on uh, the list. He'll say, "The awful what show." What the heck is an awful show? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, okay, this is good. All right, I'm going to add you to awful shows. Yeah, because like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, after listening to a few that you sent me, they were yeah. actually so ridiculous that I found myself laughing at them. They were fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It gets. It's hard to understand when I say they are so bad they're good unless you hear a couple and then you understand you get your arms around that stupid comment but they really are so oh that's cool okay all right awful shows has two votes Amos and Andy nominated by Harwood now has another vote mm -hmm. um and you wanted you wanted life with Luigi and family theater you got two of them in there and uh, let's see, what else? Those are the only two. Okay. Life with Luigi and Family Theater. So we've already got your vote oh. on that one. I love Family Theater. That's good. A good one. That's a good one. Yeah, it, it really is a high-end show. That was, that was a high-quality show. So, Okay, we got and your vote. Thank I, you. If I remember correctly, that didn't have a sponsor either. That's right. And nope. That's one of the few shows that, well, it's the only show I can think of that uh, didn't have a sponsor. Well, it, it, the, uh, it was sponsored and it was, uh, you know, it was carried by Mutual and had a 20-year run. Yeah. Very good. It was only one year? 20. Oh, 20. 20 years. I, I wonder, I said, you know, so many people talk about that and with only one year, 20 yeah. years. 20, okay. yeah. Of course, look at how many shows I downloaded, for goodness sakes. I know. I know it. I know it. Well, okay. If that, well, if that was a weekly show, we're talking about a thousand shows, roughly? Uh-huh, over 500 that's floating around, but yeah, I would say so. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. That's a lot. That's a lot of writing and a lot of acting and a, a lot, lot of, of producing. Wow. It's a lot, a lot, a lot of. Oh, okay, we'll talk next week. All right. We have a wonderful week. Thank you. And thanks for being out there. It's so much fun knowing somebody's out there. Oh, uh, we're all out of here. Is there anybody out there? Okay. <laughs> Can you hear me now? <laughs> this is good. Thank you, Edwin. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week, maybe. Sometimes it's, it's very hard to... Uh, Get in. Do you folks just have one line? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Patricia, Patricia would protest if we if we open up the other way. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
I think she, I think she, I think she, we like to make her life as easy as possible and have her cough to sick people at once. But, you know, it's hard because undivided attention is hard to give when you're divided. I agree. So, yeah, it's just hard for a caller to tell me sitting redundant and talking too much and not giving someone else a chance to get in. It's a bouncy well, act. You know. Yeah, well, we, you know, I'm I'm trying, and I think we just do a better job of moving calls a little bit and make sure that people I, have an I, opportunity. I, I, I like taking reservations ahead of time, but that's just my solution. Yeah, well, you're, you're going to have to have the front desk here. <laughs> you've got the you've got the booking. Okay, job. well, I'm reserving a, a a slot next week. Okay, you got it. Okay, is there a is there a particular time? Oh, no. What time do you like to have your table set? Uh, midnight out time in Chicago. <laughs> it is, uh, what's that, um, like 1 o'clock Florida time? 1 o'clock my time, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think we could do that. Mm -hmm. California? Yep, pretty early. Okay, then we'll talk next week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. Edwin. <laughs> have a great week. Bye-bye. All right. What a gang. What a gang. Thank you, Edwin. That was fun. So, Superheroes and girls. Another interesting topic. topic. I know. Great topic. All right. Okay. We were talking on so the we were, presidential. We were to, yeah. We okay. were on to my presidential. Yes, uh, the top five. presidential historians. Yes. President and, who is fifth behind Lincoln, FDR, Washington, and Theodore Roosevelt. Well, historically, he used to be up there when I got on and looked at the book. Woodrow Wilson was considered very high. So is he still, and has he dropped? Um, I don't know where he is. Okay. I stopped he's, at five. So he's not on that list. Then, um, Harry Truman? It was Harry Truman. He's moved up. I saw him he, as high as seven, or, so he's moved up. Very he good. Has, he has moved up, and I'm so pleased. I, you know, we've talked about this before. The longer we move in history, the, the, the greater the distance, the higher he is respected. Uh, you know, I think with good reason. You know, another president who looked back upon, who got very favorable top ten ratings. Is top hit, ten. Top ten, and some of the top, and most people don't ever think about. It's Jane. It's Jane Polk. And what's, really, and what's so, interesting. And what's so funny about Jane Polk, he made four campaign promises. Mm -hmm. He kept all four, and so he didn't bother to run for a second term. Well, I think in an election year, he probably went to number one. On <laughs> <laughs> My goodness, this was a rough election. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It was really a rough time out there. Well, that's really interesting. Well, I was just so pleased that it was Harry Truman. Harry, I know. He was, was seventh or so on us. Very good, Harry. You know, next one behind Theodore Roosevelt. He can't beat that. And Lincoln came out on top. Yep, Lincoln, Lincoln, Washington, and FDR seem to be the top three. Yep. And Franklin, and old and Teddy. Teddy. And Teddy Roosevelt, yeah. Boy, boy, is he, now, was one of his. I'm so far behind on some of my magazines. I'm in the middle of an article about Lincoln mm -hmm. in Time magazine, and it was prompted by the movie, movie Lincoln. Yeah. My mom and there's some really interesting history in there. My mom and brother went and saw the movie a few weeks ago, so... Uh, were, were they impressed? Some parts were okay. Um, they wanted to you know some of the stuff was even factual, you know, so they 
they had their, uh, um, they had their, they wanted to do some research on the internet to see some uh, of the story was factual. Okay. A few pieces of cinematic uh -huh. liberties. Yep, huh? yep. Yep. Hmm. yep. Um, the, well, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll, underline some of this stuff okay. and I'll, I'll let you know the salient points are the ones that that struck me and that might have been ones that they tripped over in the film I'm the information that they're providing in time uh, is coming from historians and people who are, are specific to Lincoln history and they have come up with some really interesting pieces of information that would make me slap the side of my head and say, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they really are there. So I'll let you know. All right. And I'll, tell you, I'll tell you about the one they had trouble with sometime. Oh, tell me, tell me. Uh, mostly the, the South was wanted to surrender in 1863, and Lincoln refused to meet with them until he got the, until he got the, the vote in, the, you know, the... Uh, the election? The emancipation oh, right, vote in uh, 1863. Yeah. I'd wow. never heard that. So they See, that's the kind of stuff that I'm I'm coming, I'm tripping into here. Yeah. <clears throat> that just changes the, it, it, it increases the size of the landscape. I'm not sure it changes anything. It just, so, so it, it, it's, it's expanding the picture. Yeah, mostly they were supposed to be out in the lake or ocean and, they never got rendezvoused, and then, uh, so they eventually met him after the vote, and the deal wasn't, um, satisfactory enough, so they didn't strike yeah. the peace. And what did we come up with? Almost three-quarters of a million men, uh -huh. people, yep. died. Yep. Some of them were women, but not very many. That's true. A gigantic percentage of our population can look back Just upon it. Enormous. Yeah. Enormous Thirty million people, people lived in that time, and three quarters mm. of a million gone. That's a huge chunk. Number. That's a gigantic. I, I can't get my arms around that. I, I just, I cannot get my arms around the number. Well, like you that. know, today, if you think about that, um. Today, standard, that would be equivalent of 7.5 million U.S. citizens dot. Mm -hmm. I don't know if True. we would have the stomach. This, is, this number is larger than all of the numbers for World War One, World War Two, the Korean conflict, Vietnam, and everything else in between right. uh, that our government has been part of. Yep. And this number in the Civil War, uh, uh, more than 150 years ago, is is larger yep. than all of them combined. Yep. That's so hard for me to... I, it, it is just so yeah. hard for me to deal with a single life lost. But when we get to 700,000 and more, it's, it's just off my graph. Yep. I, I don't know how to deal with that. Yep. Okay, we're down to the presidential quote. All right, Patricia. Uh, this one is my very favorite. This stuff the whole night. This is her bellwether. Uh, yeah, bellwether. This is my yeah. my sheep bell. Ding-a-ling-a-ling, <laughs> <laughs> ding-a-ling-a-ling. Yep. Yep. Yes, ding-a-ling. This is good. Ding -a -ling -a -ling. Okay, here's the quote. Being president is like running a cemetery. You've got a lot of people under you and nobody's listening. Oh, boy. Isn't that wonderful? Is that Jimmy Carter? No. It surprised me. 
It shouldn't have, but it did. But that was good because yeah. Jimmy Carter was the one who had a lot of problems in his life, and he he knew yeah. how to. I can't recall. He knew he had a problem. He knew how to fix his problems, but his wife wouldn't get into the pool. <laughs> it was just something awful. <laughs> he wishes he had never said, and he said it to somebody who remembered it. Ronald Reagan? No. Yeah, one more. Bill Clinton. Yes, it was Bill Clinton. Wow. Being president is like, he was really good with his. Yeah. It, it, you know, he didn't know what he was going to do the day after he wasn't president. <laughs> you see why? But really, he was going to help his, his help his wife move. Yeah. And after that, what was he going to do? Yeah. He just loved, and that's what he said. I just loved being president. He can't wait for she get back in the office in two sixteen. That way, he moved his deck in, in into the back of yeah. the layout. She had an accident this week. She Did fell. She really? Yeah. And apparently, she came. She's she has been home. Yeah. For about a week. Mm-hmm. And she came home with an intestinal problem that clearly she picked up in one of the countries that uh, she was out there visiting, yeah. and apparently she was dehydrated and really very ill, and just went down and whacked her head, and she's got a concussion, so uh, not what you want to hear about the Secretary of State, mm -mm. but... Anyway, they said she's going to be okay, and okay. she's still home. They didn't hospitalize her. Right. I would feel better if they had, Yeah, but... That's that's a, a dice roll, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get somebody like the Secretary of State who is hospitalized and especially hospitalized with a head injury, and then you're going to send that person back out. And I mean this generically, not, not Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. specifically, but generically, you're going to take a person with a head injury out of the hospital and then send them back. What influence would that kind of uh, an illness or treatment have on the... Ability to establish relations. Yep. I mean, she's she's got, in her case, she has, and I think um, people like, um, huh, who was who was the? Uh, my, I'm losing names. Her name began with an M. I will. It just ran through my head, but anyway, it was another woman, Secretary of State, uh, and Madeline Albright. That's the one. Thank yeah. you. I got the M right, yeah. but then that's where I stopped. But any of them, they, they, these are very strong people, and you put them in a position where they were so vulnerable that they got a hand injury, they had to be taken mm -hmm. care of. How how do you go back and establish relationships in a power position yep. when you have been exposed to a vulnerability? Absolutely. I don't know. Absolutely. Scary stuff, you know. I mean, everything is politics. Everything is politics. Nobody can send a get well card anymore. No, no. All they did, they say, how is this going to affect us? Oh, that's why. Well, that's why I was very happy today that the, the the radio tribute the Republicans did not want to do one. They wanted to let the president speak for all Americans yes, this morning. I yes, thought it was a nice gesture. I thought gesture. that was a good deal. Yeah, that that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes the right thing to do isn't the most palatable. But when you do the right thing, you can't you can't go wrong. That's true. Just, uh, you know, it sounds like a stupid statement, but I mean, when you choose the right thing to do, the outcome eventually is is going to be what it has to be. That's right. And what it should be. That's right. Uh, I want people out there to start doing the right thing. So there, I have spoken.
That is a nonpartisan statement. This has been endorsed by Yesterday USA. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Just do the right thing. How do the right thing. Not, how could you not endorse that? That's right. Okay. So, are we finished? We are just short of 7 o'clock in the morning here. <laughs> we have gone through all of your questions. Uh -huh. I have a million things on my... Um, an adult dolphin consumes up to 30 pounds of fish a day. But I don't... And I've got White House Christmas ornaments. I've got history on the White House Christmas ornaments. I was very busy. I think we can pack everything away for next Saturday. I think so. And you and I can shuffle off. <laughs> Shoveling off. <laughs> so with Good. that, everybody, we're going to put it on our automation system. And we're going to wish everybody a wonderful weekend. Whoa. <laughs> Hurt my ear. I'm sorry. Ta-da. Oh. Go ahead, Patricia. Ta-da-da. <laughs> we can say... Good night. Merry Christmas. We will be back and put you through all of this again next week. Cross my heart. It will be just as good or bad, depending on how you saw the show. And we're finished. Good night, Walden. and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Patricia. Good night, everybody. We love you all very, very much. Get some sweep. We'll be back on a little later today. It's time to The masquerade Just make your mind up The piper must be paid The party's over The candles flicker and dim you danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just being with him Now you must wake up All dreams must end Take off your makeup The party's over It's all over My friend Escape, leaving menu bar, conversation, list, list, new build, brag, hotline, escape, leaving ad, test bar, internet, all demo,
Jaws for Windows is ready. Start button. It's not half as thrilling as touching your lips. Nothing that can quite fulfill me. Any Broadway shows, evening clothes. You have more glamour than any of those. Escape. Once I used to dream of Paris in the spring. Christmas, everybody. Hope you're all doing well here on a sunny night. Sunday.